welcome to Jurassic Minutes, the Minimal Minute podcast reviewing all of the Jurassic Park sequels one minute at a time. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And joining us back once again to explore the wilds of Costa Rica, we have Jay Jurassic. Welcome back. Glad to be get- back, guys. And I'm glad to be back. <laughs> to completely derail the uh, the show straight away, um, Jay, recently on the Jurassic Park podcast, you uh, discussed your uh, meeting of the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Jeff Goldblum. We don't need to, to recount the whole thing here. Head over to the Jurassic Park podcast. I think it's the latest stand behind segment where uh, you discuss visiting and um, getting photos and that with Jeff, but it was definitely great to hear. Oh, yeah, it was uh, an awesome experience. Like, uh, I would say, like, the highlight of my Jurassic fandomness. <laughs> um <laughs> It's almost kind of like if you if you were to go to Hawaii and meet the sets, like meeting an actual flesh and blood person that was actually on those sets and filmed. It there was there was in the film in, in three of them out of the the whole saga right now um, was incredible. Mm-hmm. It like and even in my um in my segment I say it wasn't it was it was pretty like it wasn't. Um, like very time consuming. It, it was pretty fast meeting him because there was a lot of people that were there to meet him. It was between him and Evangeline Lily, the the one that was the Wasp in Ant Man and the Wasp. Them two just ruled the con. It was crazy. And then like I we left you know on Sunday, but supposedly by Sunday there was a lot of Trekkies getting there to go see William Shatner because yep. he was there. So he probably like owned Sunday. But it was a great experience, so so great. Um, he was really cool, very nice guy. He like hugged the fans. He would um, just uh, he was very welcoming and very like full of this like positive, beautiful energy. Really, um, yeah, it was in- incredible. I was so happy that I got to meet him. And he signed my um, uh, series two uh, uh, Malcolm figure from <laughs> Kenner. From 1994, I think it was, uh, the Series 2 uh, toys came out. And it's a, it's a in, still-in-box figure, so he signed the plastic on the outside, the bubble. Um, so I plan on making like kind mm-hmm. of like a shadow box uh, with the picture that, it ha- that we have with him. It was me, my best friends, um, uh, you guys probably know him, DC Villain on Instagram. His name yeah. is Alex, and his <laughs> girlfriend, Lori. And... Um, we all went to the con. They loved, We used to go to cons all the time. And uh, we got a picture with him, a photo op. So I'm going to try to make a photo, like a shadow box to have like the photo and the action figure all in the box. So And make me kind of make like a kind of a... You remember in the visitor center, the columns have like this, uh, like fossils, like emerging from the, from, the, from the cement? Yeah, the carvings. Yeah. The carvings, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the car. Yeah gonna try to see if i can duplicate that around like the the, in the shadow box would be really cool i have that idea but who knows when i'll get to it because i have a million ideas my brain (laughs) is all over the place but yeah yeah. that that was awesome great experience yeah you see some um some creative people out there carving out of foam like the uh that Jurassic Park logo that's seen behind Hammond in the uh, the dinner scene, and sort of it's also above the entry to the visitor center. That's that that more rocky-looking Jurassic Park logo. You see oh, yeah. people carving that out of foam and that, and then painting 
So that something like those columns would be fantastic to do as well. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, there. The aesthetics of like the whole visitor center in itself is just mm. incredible, and I I can't wait to one day we get like more concept art all in one. You know, yeah. we've talked about that before, and I've talked about that with other people. It'd be great to see. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's all right. Uh, back on topic today. We've mm-hmm. been putting it off for a little while, but uh, we're going to be here discussing Jurassic World: The Fallen Kingdom. By Fallen Kingdom, Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> um, <laughs> the sequel to 2015's Jurassic World and the prequel to 2021's War of the Planet of the Dino Apes. Question mark. <laughs> uh, we can discuss that at the end if we got some time about where we think it's going to go from here. But um, I suppose it's it's interesting with the speed that it's coming out. Uh, it's already available on iTunes for the digital mm-hmm. version, um, which we haven't got, have or haven't seen yet, or purchased. Where like David, you said you're going to wait for the physical copy. Um, yeah, I'm going to wait for the physical copy. I've never been much of a digital person. Plus, the physical copy usually comes with a download code anyway, so yep. mm-hmm. I'll always be able to get that. Instead of buying the movie twice, I'll just buy it once and get the get everything done with. Yep. Well, yeah, and we, we discussed it um, a couple of weeks ago with the news with um, the, what different versions of DVD or media that it's going to be coming out in. Um, last night, I finally sat down and watched the behind-the-scenes for Lost World and that on the Blu-ray, and even watched some of the Blu-ray scenes, and that's... Lost World looks fantastic <laughs> on Blue Blur. I don't know, I can't believe it's taken me mm-hmm. two years to do it, but <laughs> um, even just visiting some of the behind-the-scenes stuff there, and it's just, I found odd that a lot of the, uh, we talked a couple weeks ago about the high-def production images that have just been released by Behind the Gates on Facebook, but a lot of those scenes are on the on the Blu-ray, and I don't know if it's just because people don't have Blu-ray players on their computers or it's hard to rip the, the photos from that, but... Um, a lot of those behind-the-scene production images were on that behind-the-scene, the return to Jurassic Park, so... Mm. But, yeah, so, yeah, I'm, I, I can't get it until the 19th, so I don't know if I'll purchase, I think it's $20 or something. I'd prefer to just wait for the DVD as well, but... Um, going back to June when Fallen King was released, how many times do we see it? Dave, uh, Dave, I think you went back to see it a second time? I did, yeah. I went to see it opening night, and then... Went back again um, with my parents because they wanted to see it. Yep. It was my mom's. Uh, actually, it was the night before opening night when they did it on the uh, 21st because the 22nd was my mom's birthday, and we didn't. They don't do opening night, so we didn't go. Mm-hmm. Then we went later. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it both times immensely. Mm-hmm. Jay, I think you're in the same boat as me. Once we seen it, it's like, yep, I can wait until it's out <laughs> before we see it again. Yeah. I- yeah, I saw it in a. Um, I saw it the premiere as well. I went to go see it with my friends, and then I saw it by myself a second time, and that was it. Uh, I was just kind of like, mm, all right, I can just wait till it comes out. Same thing with like the you guys are saying about the digital copy and whatnot. Um, David's completely right. It already comes like when you buy the the physical copy, it already comes with a code. You know, mm. you just uh, upload it into. Um, that's how I have all the other Jurassic Parks on digital. Yep. That I can watch whenever I want on Voodoo. Um, they come with codes, so you get all the movies already. And why buy it a second time? You know, I think I can wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I honestly think I can wait like a week. <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah. Even opening that Jurassic 
Park uh, Blu-ray set last night, having a little slip of paper in there of the digital downloads for all three films, the first three films, and I've I've already purchased them <laughs> digitally before, so I've, now I've got doubles. <laughs> Just a waste of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and I'm watching my money very carefully with this yeah. with this um with this one around this time. Um, it's funny too because it's like there's so much cool stuff that came mm-hmm. out with this one, better than what we got for Jurassic World, really. Um, but I mean, now there's too much stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we yeah, talked so, about that with the news of the, the DVD release and the Blu-ray release, the, the Target version and all the other versions. Oh uh, yeah, there's so many versions. And it, there, there was um, there was a lot of versions as well of the Jurassic World one. They had the tins, they mm. had the lunchbox with Walmart, they had uh, the Target exclusive. Which this year again, they're doing the same thing where they're showing like 30 minutes extra footage or something. Uh, I don't. David, do you did you um see that? Uh, what was this again? I'm sorry. The target, um, the, the target Blu-ray. Does it have 30 minutes of extra? Footage? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right? uh, I'm not sure if it's the deleted footage, but I do know that it comes with a extra uh, disc oh. that contains some kind of footage. Yeah, because uh, the Target exclusive last time around did the same thing. That's why it was like the one that people went to get. They got the exclusive last time. They got the exclusive this time. So, most likely, that's probably the one I'll go for. Yeah, this one. Yeah, because I want to see what that is. Um, who knows? Maybe it's nothing and it sucks. But, uh, you know, I still want to see it and I still want to have it. And then maybe, just maybe, I might go for one of the... Uh, I, if anything, I want to go for that one with the the... The artwork from like San Diego, mm-hmm. the the one with the raptor and and you see the explorer. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. I know my friends are getting all of them. Uh, my friends that I went to go see Jeff Goldblum with, they're they're actually going for each one. So. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd they, like... they collect movies. Yeah. <laughs> well, they got a lot to collect this time around. Um, oh, that yeah. Target exclusive for Jurassic World, that was the one with the Indominus and the Tyrannosaur statue. Or was that the Amazon one? Which one? For Jurassic World. I think it was the Amazon one, the one you're talking about. That was Amazon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was Amazon. Yeah, okay. Um, Yeah, that one I got too. The figures are pretty nice, and actually the... um, They actually... uh, Not size up, they... What's what's the word I'm looking for? They... um, Scale? Yes, thank you. <laughs> they scale really nicely with the uh, W Dragon full T Rex, so you can you can have like mom and dad T Rex just fighting the <laughs> Dominus. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Um, leaving the DVDs aside, let's get into the film itself. Um, we've discussed the opening sequence before. It's on YouTube. The first ten minutes of the film, um, you can go over there and watch it illegally, I suppose. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've, we've we discussed it briefly a few a few weeks ago in the show, but um, it's been it's been thrown around amongst the fandoms as the best opening scene in the franchise. Um, I find it hard to agree or disagree because I think each opening has sort of done what it needed to do to set up the film. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we we finally or we get our um, we tick the box for our storm <laughs> that we have in every film at the start here as well. Um, but I reckon it just looks looks fantastic this opening, just the the aerial stuff above the 
the gates going into the lagoon. Um, just the, the eeriness of the submarine down below. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very reminiscent of Jaws. Mm. Yeah, and you've when got that. <laughs> I was thinking that when I was watching this, and I was just like, especially the the, in my head. Especially the, 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 the sound of the submarine down there. Yeah. <laughs> that, that weird sound. Like, I was watching Jaws recently, like, um, you know, I've seen it a million times, but like uh, when you watch some, you haven't seen something in a long time, you're reminded it's uh, of a certain scene. So I was watching it recently in the summer, and I and they were like doing a uh, submarine part or they were underwater. I can't remember what part it was. And uh, do you hear that sound? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm like I connected. I was like, oh, look at that. And even even the soundtrack when the T Rex is first showing up in the beginning, it's very reminiscent of Jaws. Like dun dun dun. It's like it's mm-hmm. like building up this tension. Do you guys have the soundtrack? Yeah. No? Yeah. I do, yeah. Yeah. So you that I think it's called uh this this makes me feel Jurassic or something is that yeah. is that one? Yeah. So yeah, I, I best in the franchise. Um, it's it's a I don't know if I could say best. I don't know. It's it's tough because mm. I um. I really loved it. I feel like I loved those uh, first ten minutes of the movie more than I liked a lot of the rest. But we all we already all know that. <laughs> um, uh, but that the I, I feel like the one we see with um the original with the uh, with Muldoon and just that that monster in a box kind of mm-hmm. situation. You know, just getting like what's in there. That whole mystery of that is just mm-hmm. so appealing. So I feel like if anything. Jurassic Park is still the favorite, uh, my favorite of the franchise, but Fallen Kingdom's right after it, mm. even sacrilegiously beating out Lost World. I know, I know, hate me for this. <laughs> Lost World a little bit. For no, me. I have, I have to agree, Jay. I think that I mean it's a very good opening. I love the T Rex just smashing its way through the uh, main street to get to that the, the guy. And, and, uh, but Jurassic World, I mean, Jurassic Park is the opening for me. I mean, it's just, I love the strumming of the drums as it, as it just reveals the logo. And then it moves into this foggy night scene with the trees shuddering. You just don't know what's coming out of it. And then it brings a forklift of all things, <laughs> carrying, like you said, the monster in the box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it sets it up very early. This isn't Disneyland. This is a these animals are dangerous. Mm-hmm. And it builds the suspense of the raptors. We know how dangerous they are and they're alluded to for the rest of the film until they finally come out at the end and just all hell breaks loose. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, yeah I, I'm the stickler and the, the logic um, critic in me, one, one thing we do have in this opening is it's the first time in the franchise where night is actually night and dark where all the other films, all the nighttime stuff, there's still some sort of light source. Uh, you'd see the Trenosaur approaching, you wouldn't see it in these flashes of lightning. Um, even when they sort of get on the main street and start running, or he starts chasing the person, it's sort of... You then get that light-up light up area where you can see the Trenosaur behind him. Um, mm-hmm. And I think also, too, we discussed this a while ago with Colin coming out post... Fallen Kingdom and saying how the Brachiosaur is the one from Jurassic and how he's just sort of 
just don't don't tell us these things. We don't need to know these this sort of stuff. And he's come out since again and said that this is supposed to be a couple of days after the Fallen Kingdom incident. Um, that's why there's still floodlights up in the area. There's generators there, which it begins this whole trend of not knowing the timeline and yeah. having things in place that don't make sense. Like the computer guys here beside the generator obviously hacking into the park system or something so you can open the gate. There's floodlights everywhere. It looks like the team's been here for a while, um, yet the Indominus has already been digested and on the floor of the, the Mosasaur pit or lagoon. Um, and it's just sort of hard. Like then he says it's then it's been four years or three years after this where we come in with Claire and the dinosaur and the volcano on that. So it's just it's just hard. Like even we you had the same issue in their other films as well, Jurassic Park. Um, the only night time we stuff we see there is the dinner or the ice cream scene and Ellie and Mal, uh, Muldoon going out to rescue Grant and the kids. But then we just cut to morning. Um, the Lost World as well. We see him sort of leave the hunt, the ruined camp at night time, and then trek through the day. And the next minute, it's night time and raining again. So there are there are these shifts in time throughout the franchise that you sort of don't really know what's going on. But I think here it's sort of it's frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> but um, least. yeah, we do we do cut a bit forward here to uh, the BBC report and the whole backstory. Mazrani, the island about to blow. Um, watching that first ten minutes, you do see the Indian scientist Henry Wu, and then it cuts off. So whether there was an extra five or six seconds of that scene that's been cut that actually says disgraced or um, ha- having his doctorate removed and all that sort of stuff, we don't um, we don't get to see that in the final film. But why we discussed we've discussed before too about BBC and not CNN. Or another uh, BBC, probably more of an international news network, considering it is Costa Rica and not mainland USA. Yeah, that was that was a strange scene. BBC on there. Mm. Uh, yeah. Maybe because they were filming so much in England, so in London. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's yeah. that's how that's what I thought. Exactly, sort of. Yeah. I'm like, thank you. Here, here's your mention in the film. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But um, after that, we cut to... I think they discussed there how uh, Congress is going to vote whether or not to intervene on Nublar and saved animals or not. And we cut to the DPG um, trying to get funding to save the animals. Um, we also get the courtroom scene here with Malcolm telling everyone that the uh, the animals deserve the burn. <laughs> which, is, um, yeah. which is straight up, we know what position he's in. He's, he's done this twice already. He's... Uh, and every time he's he's been that that sort of character to let us know why this shouldn't happen, and um, and here no, don't save him. It's there is the extinction. <laughs> they deserve to die. Um, I suppose this is the only time we see Malcolm again until the end. We mm-hmm. sort of undenied with what his role was going to be before the film came out. We knew it was only going to be a small role, but. Pretty much what we see in the trailers, or it was hinted at the trailers, is what we see here. Was it was it worth bringing Malcolm back to do this? I think Jay, you'd agree it was. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. I I feel he brought a, a good gravitas to the film. Um, uh, seeing him, it, I feel like it would have been nicer to have a little more of him in the film. 
But then again, it's like, w- how much is a little more? Like, it, will it be enough that it, was, it just felt too much of a push? Or was this... It, it's weird. It's like, it's it's hard to judge because it's kind of like he's a favorite character of yours, so you would like to see more of him, but would he really serve the film more purpose if he was more in the film, you know, whatnot? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, so. I, as the film sort of goes on, I don't I don't see him fitting in anywhere else. Yeah. Obviously, they would have had to write something in for him to do um, that's not in the film currently, but... Like, uh, even even between Malcolm or Grant, I I could see either one of them in this position. Both of them are sort of anti anti engine anti dinosaurs at this point, or as far as we know. Mm-hmm. Grant definitely was post Jurassic Park three. Um, yeah, wanna... but the, uh, the thing about Malcolm is that he was always the moral compass of the Jurassic Park series, going so far back as to the novels. I mean, he was always kind of this author's voice where he's essentially the conscience of the franchise there to mm-hmm. tell you this is what's going to happen it's a bad idea don't do it mm. you know basically yep yeah but sort of so even, i think it, sorry go ahead i was just gonna say even but even grant sort of served that purpose in the first film as well yes he had didn't come back in the sequel so we didn't see as much of him uh, but he's still done two of the films and even in that first film mm-hmm. once the wonder and excitement passed he then sort of said hey we have no idea what to expect, and that whole, the whole <laughs> lunchtime scene there. So again, it would have been well, even by Jurassic Park Three, he's definitely no force on heaven or earth could get me back to those islands. <laughs> and he knows that InGen built the theme park monsters. So, but yeah, Malcolm, so, I think Malcolm was more deserved to be here. Yeah, I think it was important to see him in this role because I mean, Grant was always more of the main protagonist in a way he wasn't really the one who sat back and laid it all out and said this is what's going to happen this is why this is why it's going to happen it's doomed to fail so just give up Mm. you know he was there for it in the first movie and therefore in the first book therefore in the first i mean in the second novel and book and he's back once again just to say don't do it. It's a bad idea. Nature uh, effectively let these dinosaurs die, and it was us. It was a bad idea on our part to bring them back in the first place. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But we uh, after that we cut back to the DPG and uh, Congress has decided not to step in and save them. Um, Which you kind of knew was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they they use the excuse we're not going to step in. It's a privately owned island. Um, did you guys feel like the guy that was like announcing that on the mic just I don't know he was awkward he was like, um well uh we're not gonna say it. it felt like he was choking up as he was saying it. It, it I don't know maybe something I just picked up just weird well it could have been it could have been the actor it could have been um he, he could have been in favor but he was outvoted and didn't want to be the that, one that to could be, yeah that could, that could be Mm-hmm. Um, but um, he drew the, sh- <laughs> the short straw. <laughs> yeah, he drew the short straw. Ah oh, man, yeah. it was just him right. for the dinosaurs. Everyone else was against. Yeah, yep. And it's sort of it's discussed during that opening BBC News report that uh, Masrani is sort of in shambles. The payout over eight, like over eight hundred million dollars in 
damages to visitors of the park. Um, so they're in they're in shambles, and you've got to assume Ingen's out as well at this stage. And we've discussed oh, yeah. before, and we'll get we'll get to it when we get to Lockwood Manor. But I don't think Ingen's around anymore. Mm. It's never explicitly said, but I mean, now that you mentioned that the Maserati is out, I would have to say they probably liquidated Ingen entirely uh, for the money and just. Used, helped use that to pay off the lawsuits, you know? Mm. I because, mean, like, uh, shoot, I can't remember his name. Oh, Hoskins. <laughs> I was having a blank there. Like, Hoskins says in the, uh, for, in the uh, Jurassic World, you, they have everything. They have telecom, they have military contracts, they have a lot more than just uh, Jurassic World. Sure, Jurassic World was one of their biggest money makers, but that's not all they have. They had telecom. That means they're in the uh, telephone business. And we know, like, with AT&T, they own a lot more than just mm. phones. They own HBO. They own... Warner Brothers. Um, Warner Brothers. Yeah, they own Warner Brothers now. They they own Internet. They own a bunch of different stuff. Mm. And I think that's probably the most comparable real-life thing we have to Masrani is probably AT&T or some other kind of phone company like that that owns such big assets. And it, it just reminds me of when Hoskins said that, when he says that Maserati's got more than family fun parks. <laughs> and watching Bill Maher the other night, and uh, the, mm. it was just after the uh, AT&T Time Warner merger, and he, said, and he says, I now work for the phone company. <laughs> <laughs> and he he's, he's an HBO uh, pundit. Political pundit. <laughs> yeah, we um, but we cut back to DPG and um, Claire. We get the introduction of Claire, um, Zara, Zia, Zarak. <laughs> Thank you, Zia? characters. Yeah, <laughs> they're too close <laughs> together. Um, Zia and Franklin. Um, and as Claire's watching the uh, Congress saying, "No, we're not going to intervene," she gets that magic phone call from Lockwood Manor. Um, we don't know if it's... Does she say it's Mills or it's Lockwood? I don't think we know which one it is, but she's just... Super excited about it. Yeah, yeah. I and think it's Mills <laughs> that, that calls her. Either probably Mills or... Uh, what was the caretaker's name? The the elderly woman that took yeah, the... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a female voice on the phone. I, I don't know if we hear the uh, phone or not. What was her name? That was Charlie Chaplin's daughter, right? Yeah, the maid. What, Lock, really? Lockwood Maid. Yeah. <laughs> I had yeah. no idea. Yeah, that's Charlie Chaplin's daughter, yeah. Mm. But uh, we... they, they said that, uh, I think, when they first um, announced her casting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and I... Just... Uh, oh. Uh, and, and there's, like, assumptions that they thought they might that might be uh, Hammond's daughter, you know? But no, mm-hmm. it's not. Hmm. Yeah, well, that gets us to the manu- to the manor and uh, Mills and Lockwood. Their introduction, we get to see Hammond's painting on the wall, and um, Lockwood mentions briefly about the falling out with Hammond, which is mm. very <laughs> not very informative at all. <laughs> um, very brief. Yeah, yeah. Mm. We do get to see a little bit more, and it's implied a little bit more exactly why that falling out happened. But um, and we also have another mystery, much like InGen, of what exactly does Lockwood do to be so rich? We know we know Hammond was 
very rich when uh, they were building Jurassic Park and starting InGen and all that. And here we've got Lockwood, who's millions of dollars. He's got Mills as a caretaker running the subsidiaries and all the other companies and whatever Lockwood's got his fingers in. And this massive mansion in prime Californian <laughs> real estate. <laughs> and it's right outside of Oric, California, which is an absolutely... The town, is, I mean, the town itself is more of a sleep little town, but the scenery around is absolutely gorgeous, you know? Hmm. Yeah, mean, it's we... hard in this, in the heart of where they filmed The Lost World, so... Yeah. I mean, not where they filmed them in Fallen Kingdom, but it's set in the heart of where they uh, filmed The Lost World. So you can just imagine that's Lockwood's backyard. Yeah. Which is a shame at the end where we see so many animals out and about... It's not in the Redwoods, it's other places. But, um, but we get Las Mills. Las Vegas was one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't the believe they put that at the very end. You'd think that, that'd be a mid-credit, not very end. Because I was waiting and I was waiting and the credits were going on and on and on. I've gone, uh, I've seen it on YouTube, I'm not going to wait any longer. <laughs> but um, yeah. Mills sort of discusses with Claire that they need Blue and they haven't been able to capture, mm-hmm. um, which sort of implies that the team's already been there or he's already on island saving the mm-hmm. dinosaurs as we speak. Um, again, one of those little time time things, because when we see the DPG, I always assume they were in uh, Washington, D.C., because you can see all the um, the like the signs and that that they were protesting on Congress. You see the footage mm-hmm. of protesting on Congress, and here we got the signs all there being painted and painted up. So it's, I'd, I'd always assume that it was in D.C., so somehow now she's got from D.C. to... California to see. I mean, it's like a five-hour flight, to be fair, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's a private jet or something they probably uh, flew her in on, so that's Mm. another thing, you know? Yeah. But it sort of started the whole lie. Blue's been too hard to capture. Um, She's the last velociraptor, and they want want the species to survive, so not the... um, not really. I think uh, to set up the timeline here in the first place, I think that yeah, they've been on the island for a while now. Mm. But I also think that the um, Congress being or Congress's decision wasn't so much the catalyst as an excuse to bring Claire and the DPG onto their side because Claire had connections with Owen and Owen needed or was needed to get blue you know and that's what they needed and as we find out later in the movie they needed blue for the indoraptor yeah i don't know if i don't know if um claire would go along with a privately funded expedition if congress would would have said yes um it's yeah i mills mills knew that congress would never go for it which is why they sent the team there early anyway yeah well, it's kind of a, it's kind of, I'm not really sure what it's called, but they were doing it either way. If Congress said yes, they would have used that yes to get Claire to get Owen. If Congress said no, they still contacted her and said, we got to save them, we got the, par- we got the uh, paradise, we got all that, you know? Yeah. And so. Yeah, because there was I, always a dark plan be- behind that plan, you know, mm-hmm. so. And I think it's really interesting how well written that kind of is, because you don't really see that. I mean, you don't see, in the, often in movies, how 
the the plan, regardless of the decision, works out. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. they still sold half those dinosaurs to buyers. They still made half that money that they were pl- expecting to make. You know, now, I mean, sure. Yeah, Mill- now, where, where yeah. is that money now, though? It's in somebody's bank account. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh. I don't know if Mills, you know, I think he might have dropped his ATM card when he was splitting that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and that's jumping into that. It looks like it was direct depositing yeah. into the account. Yeah. Into the account. Mm-hmm. You know? But that's, yeah, it's sort of being a black market auction or whatever else. I know I've, I've been to several auctions and money normally doesn't trans or change hands until after the auction's ceased or finished. Now, whether or not they'll transferring funds as soon as they won the bids, um, well, we see the, the the money count going up across the screen and across Mills's eyes. So there's some money being transferred there up mm-hmm. until the uh, the Indoraptor comes on the scene, and that 128 million somewhere. I'm guessing it's in the Lockwood accounts or Mills mm-hmm. accounts. Mm-hmm. So would that be Maisie now owns that money, or is that going to be confiscated um, for the investigation, you know? Yeah. Well, we don't know if there's a will. We've rolled a large sum of money. Yeah. We don't know if there's a will or anything. Well, the thing is, now, um, wouldn't, okay, wouldn't the Lockwood's granddaughter or daughter, the one that passed away, she would, she'd be, you know, she would have a death certificate, right? So mm-hmm. she'd be kind of dead. So I feel the way that they had Macy, like they they would tell her to go here, and she was kind of always like in the shadows of the of the mansion. I feel that no one really knows she exists. Mm. So she's probably not on record or anything for his estate. I don't really think that's why he said that he was taking care of all his stuff. I feel that Mills was the heir to his estate, and then. Even if Macy is like you know his technically his daughter or granddaughter or whatever it is, it's uh, not really because she's a clone and she in she doesn't have a social security she doesn't have a status mm-hmm. she's not real you know yeah, so exactly. I feel I feel like she's not none of that money is for her you know. Because if she would reveal, well, I am part of his blood, how? She's dead. You're, you're supposed to be dead. I'm a clone. Oh, yeah, you don't count. Yeah. You know? But then we get into the whole politics. Yeah, exactly. It brings up this whole issue of human rights. Does, mm-hmm. she, does she now count to, I mean, does she count as a deceased person? Is she her own person? Does she, no. is she granted even citizenship under the eyes of the United and States? And you know, and you know, it's the, the 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 good thing about that, and that's why I, I I am a fan of the whole reveal that she's a clone. I I, I did say she, I was a fan of that, because um, it's very Crichton esque. But at the same time, that that we're just discussing right now, the human rights thing, is a simile or not simile. It's 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 kind of like a metaphor or, or for the rights of the dinosaurs. Even though the dinosaurs aren't technically human. And, you know, we, we try to hold a human on a pedestal over animals. Still, they are now technically, they, they are animals out in the world. They're not, con- they're considered, they were considered corporate assets. 
now they're not anymore. They're more, they're out there in the world, you know, to be mm-hmm. regular dinosaurs. So well, that in, in and of itself begs the question: If InGen is defunct, do those assets become? I mean, what what becomes of them? I mean, what happens when? As far as I know, the closest comparison would be like, say, Downpost Studios. I can think off of the top of my head is when Downpost Studios went bankrupt, and I can't remember how uh, long ago it was. Their assets were free for all. People were recasting masks. People were making them. You know, I mean, the rights, the rights of the licensees, of course, went back to the uh, went back to the uh, IP owner, but. I mean, they they made so many masks that were their own intellectual where, where, property. How does, was I this? mean, where, who who now owns that? What was this again? Uh, Don Post. Uh, I mean, that's the that's just one example I can think of off the top of my head. But they were a mask maker that went bankrupt in like the mid two thousand or mid two thousand tens or something like that. Yeah. Or early two thousand tens. But they made so much so many items. That were just their own items, like four-eyed freaks and stuff like that. Who now owns those? That I mean, that's engine. That's just like engine. Who now owns the dinosaurs, mm. if anybody? I, that's that's probably the thing. They're not really owned anymore. They're they're the freewheeling animals. They're free, they they're 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 free to do what they want. That's you what know? I think. Yeah. yeah but do they uh, count as animal under animal rights laws? See, that's that's the question. That's where it comes because we, I mean, we don't have anybody owning them anymore. Like uh, kind mm-hmm. of like what Ludlow would say, we we made them, we own them. You know, mm-hmm. they own the uh, the genome is what they. Yeah, own. they they yeah. It's kind of like um, you know, it's a good example too. It's kind of like uh, the CDC. They own bacteria, they own viruses, they have viruses, mm-hmm. they 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 have bacteria, they have all types of diseases that they have. They have the and they buy them and own them. And sometimes when they, they evolve or, or whatever during their experiments or what they or what have you, either it's their particular bacteria. They have a certain genetic number for them, and that's owned by the CDC. So the mm-hmm. CDC owns that. So, but let's say that bacteria gets out in the world. It's they don't really own that bacteria anymore once it's out there. You know, it's kind of like dinosaurs are reproducing. They're they're doing their own thing. You don't. You might have owned the original genome for that animal, like Rexy. I guess you could say they have ownership over. But you know, I mean, if she does have, I don't know. She's pretty old now, but it, let's say she did have offspring or something. Um, mm-hmm. You don't own the offspring. You know, the offspring is is born of complete liberty. Like it's it's. It's almost, you know, you can almost go into the matrix with this, you know, <laughs> like how, uh, like how people, you know, how you know, Neo was a, and all the humans were batteries, but then the the guys that piloted the the machine, the the ship that they were on, they didn't have the holes in their head and whatnot, and they're like, oh, we were born of this world, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it gets to that point where there's no ownership really, and if InGen even exists, I don't even think it exists anymore. I think it's done, just like Masrani. I think it was the first one to go down before Masrani went down, because I, uh, Injun, I think was almost um, a sub, um, 
sublet of Masrani. Yeah, it was a subsidiary of... Uh, there you go. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah, so at that point, I don't think it was making as much buco bucks as it used to. Hmm. You know, when it, when it... So it had to go into the military route with this to keep... To survive, really. Yeah. And if you couldn't protect the island, which you were... You had a contract, a military contract to protect the islands from from these animals escaping and killing people. If you couldn't even do that, who the hell is going to hire you in the world to protect anyone? You know. Mm. Well, I think it was so that right. It was um, Hoskins that said Injun's going to be in Chapter Eleven tomorrow morning during the yeah, film. Like he, it was, he knew it. Yeah, and that's why they, as far as I see, they stole that Injun green helicopter and took Wu and got the hell out of there with whatever yeah, assets yeah. they could. That's why they were. That's why he was so. Um, Wu was so worried about like uh, Hoskins not getting on there because Hoskins was leading the InGen team and he needed him on uh, to go with him. Yeah. But you know uh, that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, I do want to talk at the end about uh, Maisie's decision to let the animals go and and their All rights. Right. Um, so we'll return to that <laughs> before we get too deep into it. Um, but we get going back. We get our introduction of Owen. He's um. Building his little cabin up in the in the hills, great view. But um, he mm-hmm. declines to return to Nublar, and uh, Claire tells him the plane's leaving in the morning. Doesn't say where from or what time, but uh, I suppose if it's a small area, there's only one airstrip nearby, and he's there early and is already asleep on the plane, so he probably got there at daylight and went to sleep and waited for them to get there. But um, we get a little bit of humour here with Alan as well, and the. Um, more of the building of characters between the two of them. Um, I don't think there's anything else anyone want to discuss anything else with that. Well, Chris Pratt is a farmer, and I I could easily see him in that kind of role. You know, yeah. this is probably the most Chris Pratt Chris Pratt has ever played. You know, mm. is a guy <laughs> building his own house out in the mountains. That was I just sounded funny. This is the most Chris Pratt. It's been Chris Pratt. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. He is. He's very like if you see a lot of his like videos or one night he's always out there hunting and fishing and and yeah. hanging out with cowboys and stuff and mm-hmm. riding horses and yeah he's yeah he it is I feel like he's playing that uh magnificent seven role for his entire <laughs> life. Yeah, and I wonder like we get the get the scene in the bar as well what uh, we see mm-hmm. most of that in the trailer as well it, it's probably reminiscent of JP3 yeah yeah definitely <laughs> but, um, yeah. I wonder if if there is he seems like the guy that would be in a small bar like that just having a couple of beers and just being one of the locals even though he's Chris Pratt Star Lord and <laughs> everyone else yeah. but, um... if they would have played big hat no cattle in the background I, I think that that would have been Ooh. hilarious. Would it be? Would it be? A, would it be an Easter egg for Jurassic Park Three, or would it be a source of fan hate? It's like, how dare you even acknowledge Jurassic Park Three when you won't even acknowledge Sauna? <laughs> I, I think my friend would. My friend would have looked over at me and started cracking up as he plays that song every once in a while just to annoy me. <laughs> <laughs> I. I I would just take the, the, the hit on the chin and be like, oh, well, great, whatever. Let's keep going. Let's yeah. see how, where this movie goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, we, we end that scene. We get to the plane flying over the island, and one call back to uh, Jurassic Park for it isn't here is Owen dreaming about the raptors, or Blue. <laughs> Which, um, 
is probably a good scene, but uh, we get the flyover, uh, the ruined monorail, the aerial main street, and uh, T-Rex Kingdom still there with only three trees, <laughs> like we see. Um, I got, I got, I got to see that scene again because I, I, everybody says the T-Rex Kingdom, and I, I didn't even see it. I don't know where it is. I got to look it's at it again. To the, it's off to the left side of the um, innovation center. Yeah, it's okay. a, like a hex, hexagon okay. amphitheater, and it's only got two or three trees in the middle. It's it's always bugged me. It's in most aerial shots you see in Jurassic World and in, now in Fallen Kingdom. You see aerial shots of Main Street. Um, you can see it off to the side of the Innovation Center there. Yet in Jurassic World where we see the Tyrannosaur inside the Kingdom, it's heavily forested with that viewing area. I don't know if that's a separate mm. part or or what. It's the whole geography. Yeah, that, that bugged me too because it's like that in the first in the in Jurassic World as well. Mm. Where you, if you see an aerial shot of the um, of the T-Rex Kingdom, and I think we kind of get one when they do the panorama of the park over um, when the hell or when the pteranodons get loose, and we see kind of the corner of it. It only it still only has those couple of kind of, of redwood trees, and everything else is. Um, I mean, it just has those couple trees. I I don't. I don't like you said. Maybe they keep her. Maybe they keep Rexy in a different part of the uh, kingdom, or I don't know. Yeah, well, it might. There might be another gate in the back of the amphitheater that goes out into a larger paddock or something. But um, yeah, I've just always found odd. I think where the um, where Gray runs out the door and you get the aerial and the the fly over the lagoon, you can see it off to the left as well as they approach Innovation Center and Main Street. But yeah. Um, mm. Even even in the um, I've got it on my laptop as the background now it's the concept art for Main Street with the vehicles from Fallen Kingdom going up Main Street you can see it off to the side and again it's sort of it is deteriorated but you still see those three trees <laughs> standing in the middle of the amphitheater so it's a, it's a design they kept they kept for across the films but um, we get the plane lens. I do like the oh go I said I do like the um shot we get over the island of the volcano just covered and shrouded in those clouds. Mm. It looks really cool. Yeah. Yep. But uh, we get land on the airstrip. Sort of seems like a little bit of a callback to Sauna. Um, we didn't know the airstrip was there. We assumed that maybe the ferry wasn't the only way guests were coming and going to the island, but it was never actually stated in Jurassic World, I don't think it was on the park map there that there was an actual airstrip either, so whether this is just here for the roundup or or what have you, but we know most of the most of the people got there by ship at the East Dock, or at A Dock um, we get our intro of Ted Levine um, I, I, going into the film, I was, I was hoping it was Dogson coming back, but obviously not. So did I, man mm. I really was hoping it was Dodson too he, he, He's he such would have filled that actor. character. Yeah, he would have filled that character fantastically. Perfectly. Mm-hmm. Where's uh, the raptor rank? <laughs> raptor trainer. Yeah. I finally actually got Wheatley. Uh, I, 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 the action figure. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine on Twitter actually got him for me. Because there's none around here. Yeah, there's nothing around right, here. I saw either. one at Target, and it was between that and Maisie. And I got made. Oh, bah, of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. That one is like, it's it's been showing a lot, showing up a lot more now, but still yeah. very, very, very rare. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Get back to this. <laughs> we get the uh the fortified. Right, what was that, Dave? 
Twitter engine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we get the the fortified base camp here, and again, is, is it something from the old park? Um, was it original? Was it somewhere from the original park that was cleaned up when the island was first um, cleaned up back in the nineties or before? Jurassic World was being built because the gates have got power and everything even though it seems like old tech um... I don't know because I mean I am somewhat inclined to believe that the airstrip would have been something they would have kept from the old park because in the old park they weren't transporting every guest by helicopter and I'm not sure if they would have done a ferry either I always, I, I always imagined they would have done an airplane it would have uh, been air, an airplane over the island, and that would have been that would have been how people got to and from Isla Nublar Jurassic Park. Hmm. Well, yeah, and this this old airstrip could have been cleared originally for the original park, but just they hadn't got to putting tarmac down um, mm-hmm. by the time the park failed, and it, that's 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 one of those things. Is this part of the old park, or is it something new? You'd think if it was something new, it would be tarmacked and there would be guests coming by plane in Jurassic World, but we don't see that. It's all coming by ferry. Um, no, I'm assuming they probably left that as like either an emergency exit or like a service thing. Like getting like instead of having food and supplies shipped there by boat, they would have done it with a uh, plane. Mm. Probably would have been cheaper, you know. Yeah. Airman. Yeah. But um, we get the get the main mission here, what we're here to do. They're going to load up and head for the radio tower where they can track blue. That's um, it's the main ground station, I think, for the, the tracking systems or tracking implants in the animals. Um, which is a shame because we then cut to um, them driving up Main Street in the Innovation Centre. You'd, you'd think the control room would be more of a um, more a, a better place to do this from. I mm-hmm. suppose it's just having something new and not returning to the old, the old sets. Yeah. Um, well, it also kind of begs the question: Why would you ha- put a? Is this like I think it would have to be a service station, not not a like the main control room for the stuff because it's very remote. You know, it's up mm. there near the volcano. I you think you want it up in the main hub with the uh, control center and all that? You know. Mm. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just it's odd that. When we get there, there's a hand hand scanner that only Claire can activate. <laughs> you'd you'd think all that all that stuff would be in the control room, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, the, the tower itself would just be a relay station, collecting data and sending it to the control room. But we, yeah. um, I suppose here too, when we, while we're in Main Street, Wheatley says the area isn't secure, and we did hear the officer sounds early earlier in the start of the film, so mm-hmm. that's probably why they they want to stay in the armored vehicles until. They pull up with the Brachiosaur and Zia and others jump out. Um, and we get the scene, the repeat of the scene with the Brachiosaur walking down Main Street. Even though the Brachiosaur design looks nothing like the Jurassic Park. <laughs> it's just that one shot, though. If you watch the rest of the movie, the head, the, it is more, the neck is more curved. Mm. There's yeah. a shot. There's a shot with the BBC footage of um, must be helicopters flying over the island to look at the dinosaurs while they're talking about the destruction. Where you see a helicopter shot going across the canopy of some trees and there's three brachiosaurs moving under the canopy. You can just sort of see the curved necks and not much more of the bodies. But 
Oh, but it, it is a shame you're going to have this glory scene of the Brachiosaur here, and you're not going to really give it all, give it at all in design wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think the the problem with it isn't the design or anything. I think the problem is that with it is it's just too short. It's like you get one taste of pizza, and then they put the platter away. <laughs> you know. Yep. Yep. Well, we, yeah, and we sort of again see more of the island as they leave the visit the area behind and start driving up that valley um you get to see the monorail in the background following that cliff edge and uh again more more um of the carriages and sections of the monorail destroyed i don't i don't know how the concrete would have deteriorated over four years especially up on the cliffs there you're not gonna have animals walking through and destroying the monorail so it's they well, they want to show Maybe. some more destruction here but uh, it could be also tremors from the volcano. Oh, yeah. Yep, very good point. Yeah, that's what I was thinking it had to be was... Because when a volcano erupts, it causes a lot of earth movement in general. Uh-huh. And those, that kind of seismic activity would crush even concrete. Yep. Yeah, and especially that, you know, it's a volcano island, so, like, basically everything around that volcano is connected right to that volcano. Is that The reason that islands exist is because of the volcano, so... You know, mm-hmm. anything that Volcano does, the rest of the island feels it. So yeah, yeah. I feel like that's probably... Because, yeah, it, four years, there's no way. You know, that deterioration is too much. But knowing that there's this volcano just going off or whatever, yeah, it's probably the impact tremors and just, like, some slight, small eruptions before, you know, the biggest eruption. Yeah, yeah. No, good point. I didn't even think about that. Um, but as they're driving up the valley, also we don't see the uh, the dead ankylosaur we see in the trailer. So that's obviously another cutscene. Um, I thought that was when they were driving up to the um, when they're driving. I thought that was that shot we got of the ankylosaur was when they were driving to the um, the main street. Well, we know, didn't see it, didn't see it there either. The only driving scene we seen was um, back with the. And- Lagoon in the background, you see the vehicles come around. The yeah, because they they cut it right. Yeah, they cut the journey. They, uh, and that little scene was reminiscent of Lost World. Yeah, because yeah, they fly. Oh, they fly. They drive out of the cage or out of the gates, mm-hmm. and then it cuts to the helicopter shot um, approaching the lagoon, and the you can see Main Street in the background, and they just come around a ridge and then disappear back into the jungle again. Next time uh... you guys. Hey, next time you guys see the um, next time you guys see the movie again, look at the the face the guy that um, is opening the gates for them, or he's like it's like angry. It's weird. I remember <laughs> noticing that in the theater. I was like, what is wrong with him? He's like he's like really like mad that he has to open the gates. It's like, oh god, I love it though. that gate that gate opening is just like the we were talking opening shots. How Jurassic Park is the best. It's just like when Joffrey's opening the gate to the Lost Rap. You get the sh- the uh, light shining through. the. In this case, it's dust, uh-huh. not mist. Yeah. But it's just like it. And I love how it the, how it's set up. Mm. Yep. But, um, yeah, also, we... you know, when they're going through with the Jeeps, too, and they have the guys with <laughs> the pink shirts opening gates. And they <laughs> yeah. They lock it right behind them, and, like, you see Ellie looking back. And it's like, why? And she's... And it's crazy because you know what she's thinking. She's like, "Why do they have so much security? What's going on on this island?" Reminds me of Malcolm's quote from the novel. It's like, where he like, gets his first glimpse of 
He's a Nublar is like Jesus. It looks like Alcatraz. Mm. Uh, yeah. 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 But we get to the bunker. Um, I find it odd that they have to hack in to get the door open. You'd think one of them would have the key or have the code. It's not a. It's not the fact that there's no power for the doors to open because there's power at that console. But um, they hack. Franklin does his job and they get in and she activates the hand scanner to uh, boot up the system. Um, and they find that Blue's up on the volcano and they decide to go and get her. <laughs> One thing here where we see all the dinosaurs, you see the um, the concentration of dots around the dock area where they've been um, assembling all the captured animals to ship off mm-hmm. the island. There's still a hell of a lot of dots across Nublar. Like, they've only got... Yeah. They wouldn't have even had captured half the animals. One thing about the map, though, is... I mean, yes, the uh, map is wrong, but you also have to remember, in the original Isla Nublar layout, there was a series of rivers that ran into the center of the island. And those rivers would have led right to the lagoon. The one river would have led right to the... Isla Nublar Lagoon, and that is easily how you could have kept the lagoon in the center of the island and still have let the Mosasaurus out into the ocean. Hmm. I just realized that. I was looking at one of the old maps, and I'm like, wait a second, that river goes right into the center of the island where the lagoon is. Yeah. Well, even in the um, in the novel, they dammed the jungle river to build, or they man-made <laughs> that lagoon to be fed by the river with fish and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that, we've we've talked <laughs> talked a lot about the map, so we don't need yeah. to keep on going on that. But um, they get as close as they can to vehicles, and Owen decides he's going to go on foot. You can see the blue dot sort of evading animals because you can obviously hear hear them driving through the jungle. Um, and then we get the uh, Owen up walking up the creek. And uh, the flock of pteranodons flying overhead, away from the mountain, and that sort of raises the question: We know from Jurassic Park three that the flying animals can get from sauna to the mainland. Nublar is a lot closer to the mainland than what sauna is. So how how have these animals not escaped already? I think it's because of the territory. I, they have. Isla Nublar has always been their home. They yeah. have everything they need there. They've never had a reason to leave it until the volcano started erupting. I think that once they realized Isla Nublar was lost completely, they would have gone and gone to the mainland and found found something else. You know. Mm. Probably also they probably lost a lot of they probably lost a lot of nesting grounds. So yeah, you know, I mean, if they if they were nesting and they had eggs, uh, uh, clutches of eggs ready to hatch. And then this volcano erupted and destroyed those eggs. Most likely, they're gonna move away from that territory and just start anew because the whole effort to start a, a new breed, uh, a new brood of like hatchlings, has just been destroyed by nature. So they just, oh well, gotta start all over again. You know, yeah, like um, you, you ever watched like Walking with Dinosaurs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember that that the one where it's about the pterosaur. I can't remember the exact dinosaur's name. Um, the very large pterosaur, and his whole entire purpose was to find a mate to start the next brood. Uh, to uh, you know, mm. spread his bloodline yeah, or whatever. The, what was it? The Ornithocyrus, I think they call Ornithocyrus, it. Ornithocyrus, yes. And yeah, it's it basically so died. 
Yes, me. it's so sad. He's like dead in a puddle at the end of it, and it's like, <laughs> oh my god, he didn't get to find a mate. Well, you know, basically the, he he would go back to the same nesting grounds that he was mm-hmm. born in. So it's like it's it's basically like they probably they might migrate and move around, but nesting they would go right back to Nublar if Nublar wasn't destroyed. Which we know mm-hmm. it isn't really. It's just the top half, like top area it, that's kind of destroyed. But it the lower because I remember seeing concept art where they panned back from after the uh, eruption, and it was, I think it was the intention was that the entire island would eventually be consumed or burned. Right. That's that's yeah. Yeah. Well, it's sort of like when the when the. Um island eventually does go up whether there's more than one vent for the lava to come out of you assume if the crust is thin in other places as well it'd blow out there as well just to mm. get that, that coverage over the island but, um, I do love how here when he's walking up this stream throughout the whole film you've constantly you can constantly hear like the rock grinding and the just the sounds of the volcano in the background yeah, I love that too. Yeah, I do love that sound. Just constantly, you can hear it just grumbling and groaning in the background. Mm-hmm. So knowing now, that... honestly, I could have enjoyed like another half hour of just this, just people mm-hmm. walking around in the jungle. I know it's boring as hell, but I loved it. I mean, and Bayona is so good at it. He does such a good job with Isla Nublar. Like when they're before they go up the stream and they just stop the trucks. We get that shot of the compies uh, surrounded by the puddle, and it's just so lost world. I mean, that's there was it actually reminded me of the um, production image where they just play, plopped a bunch of compy puppets around one of the um, puddles, fake puddles they had set up, and just took a picture. And that's what it remi- and that's what it was. Hmm. I mean, Fiona is fantastic with setting a scene, and I'm really disappointed that he's not going to be back for Jurassic World three. To do more of this, yeah. I think also too because this is all on Hawaii. This is all. Mm-hmm. It's not sets. We know they had the explorer there. They went out and obviously on Kluwer Range or somewhere else on Kauai and um, and set the the explorer upside down that we get here. We come across the ruined explorer and get a little bit of a jump scare with the compies jumping out first, and then Blue sort of jumps out. And I just love this little bit of comedy here where Owen throws a snack at Blue's face and she just ignores it. Just sort of hits her on the face and falls to the ground. Yeah. She doesn't even open her mouth. It, it just smacks her right on the nose. Mm. Yeah, stuff like that I love. Like, most, most animals have this instinctual feeling that if you, throw, if you put food anywhere near their mouth, the mouth opens. I mean, babies do that from the moment they're born. Any animal does it, but... She doesn't even. She just blue is gone feral at this point, and you can see how she's she's not the same raptor that Owen left on Main Street. Yeah, well, she just focuses on him. She doesn't break eye contact. No. Well, that's another thing is that when you encounter a large predator like that, you're not supposed to uh, create eye contact with them, and that's exactly what he does. They take it as a challenge. Hmm. So blue is sizing up Owen here and challenging him. It might be just me. Was anyone else worried that there may have been maybe a wild raptor or two that was going to come in from the side? Because <laughs> in in, full, in Jurassic World, he was 
telling uh, I think it was Delta or Charlie, I can see you there coming around the side like he knew mm-hmm. their attack patterns and we sort of ummed and ahed whether Blue was going to be the only Velociraptor on island, whether she was breeding. Um, I think especially because we've seen the baby, baby Blue, whether she was going to have a mate or if there was going to mm-hmm. be wild raptors, obviously now, no, there's not. But I just found it interesting that Owen sort of completely didn't uh, didn't look left or right to see if anything else was coming during this whole... Well, it's another thing, is you know, if, if you're challenging an animal like this, you don't break eye contact. Yeah. So, I mean, Owen is challenging and for his for his place back as the alpha. Yeah. And and he like uh, you wrote in the notes here, he just about got her trust when they come in and uh, shoot her with a tranquilizer dart. Mm. And that puts her back on like berserk mode where she's just going wild and looking around at everything as a <clears throat> everything as a threat. Yeah, yep. yep. And she does take a yep. bullet here when she takes one of the hunters down, one of the uh, mm-hmm. mercenaries down. Um, I suppose we didn't really talk about when we got the introductions with uh, Wheatley and that whether whether they're remnants of Injun or if they're just mercenaries hired by Mills to um, to hunt to get the dinosaurs. But she takes one down I'll... here and no, go down. I like how Zia comes up to him. What are you, the Great White Hunter? <laughs> or obviously a uh, reference back to Roland, and he's mm. like, something like that. Yep. But, uh, yeah, Wheatley's sort of true colours come forward, and uh, Owen's tranquilised and left mm. behind. Um, even though earlier Zia was sort of concerned that the tranquilizers Wheatley had strapped to his belt were really potent. Here, they're, uh, they're going to take a human out, and he's only going to be asleep for a little while <laughs> without any lasting <laughs> side effects. interesting... But how quickly Blue goes after that one guy that points the uh, rifle at her and Owen, mm. and he, she just tears the guy's face right off. Yeah. And that's when that's when she gets shot, but that was actually a practical effect. I didn't know that. I just learned that earlier today. Oh, really? Uh, was it? Was I, what, what? It was? Yeah, it was. They had a practical foot and arm insert uh, pressed down on the guy, and then his then the arm pressing into his face. Oh wow, that's really cool. Yeah. I didn't I'll know that. Put, I thought it was CGI. Put, yeah, I thought it was CGI too. We got I mean basically point the uh, arm the wrong way and you're poking the guy's eye out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'll have to uh, post that picture up on Jurassic Minutes when it goes up. Yeah. Or when this uh, thing goes up. Yeah, oh nice. But um back at the bunker I'll Owen's left there by the team. Wheatley pulls out with uh, Zia, takes Zia and Blue with him, and uh, we get back to the bunker. The uh, other hunters that were there, or mercenaries that are there, sort of lock Franklin and Claire inside the bunker. They can't get the door open. Franklin gets one door open, which is further inside the tunnel system. But before they can get out, uh, the proximity sensors go off, and we get to our introduction of the uh, baryonics. Um, you mean it's not a T-Rex? Yeah, it's not the T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't think I don't think Rexy would have fit in those those tunnels anyway. <laughs> Probably not. No. Not without um, losing some of her speed and agility in there. But um, we get Owen wakes back up shortly later as uh, 
the large dinosaurs look in his face and we get a bit of comedy here for the young ones. <laughs> He's got drool and that hanging off his face, but he's uh, completely immobile from that dart still. I didn't really find it com- comedic, honestly. I thought it was kind of more freaky because, I mean, this is a large animal. It's like basically twice the size of an elephant in weight. And it's coming over, and it, if it steps on you, you're going to be dead. Mm. It'd be like if an elephant stepped on you. Yeah. You know? And he's and, completely immobile, so. Exactly. And then the mouth comes over, and it's just, I mean, it licks him, but oh my god, there's buzz, there's flies buzzing around the mouth. I'm just thinking how horrible that must <laughs> smell. <laughs> well, it could have been a lot worse, because we'd know that those compies in the area, and if he's been lying on the ground for mm-hmm. X amount of hours or minutes or whatever, however much time oh, yeah, has passed. They will him. Yeah. They will nibble him. <laughs> or it could have been just as scary him waking up and... Because he wouldn't be able to feel it, but has seeing a compie with its with his finger in its mouth or something. <laughs> but, uh, no... Nah, nah, they was... only fuck bad guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, we get to see the lava start to emerge as the dinosaur walks off and we get a couple of other dinosaurs sort of roll through the air as well and uh, he starts to get enough movement in his body he can sort of roll over and get over a log to safety without getting a sunburn <laughs> and we do get the shot here too finally of the zero four on the rear of the explorer too just to confirm that it was the explorer that went over the cliff in no, Jurassic park okay. because apart from this scene you don't actually see zero four on it which could say right it's just another explorer from the garage it's been destroyed or something um, it'd make make more sense of why we don't see the the mm-hmm. uh the the culvert or the concrete moat or anything like that here but um yeah but then we cut back to the uh bunker the moses or the baryonyx appears gets lava on its head without any injury which is a little I'm bit odd. Sure if that's lava or if it's like just fire shooting down well, something from the roof is melting and dropping down, whether mm. it's plastic pipes or some sort of interior structure that's melting. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally love the way Baryonyx looked. Mm. I know there's a lot of criticism for it looking too alligator-ish and whatnot. I, I loved how it looked. I do, too. I think it looked great, especially because oh, yeah. they're kind of keeping the semi-aquatic nature in mind, hence the, cra- the crack of the alien look, but mm-hmm. it still looks really cool. Because yeah. I always love the the ones that you see in the Lost World game for PS One. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and they have that that uh, like I think you you play as the hunter that kind of looks like uh, Dater Stark mm-hmm. in in the game and like the action figure. And then you're in caves underwater, and then there's like a bunch of baryonyx around there, and you just whenever they show up, you hear like a, a crocodile like like a gargle, like, and then like. Mm-hmm. It, they look awesome and they look very alligator-like. And then they did this for the movie. And I, and that scene went, that we were uh, previewed to on Entertainment Weekly, I think it was, that had the exclusive, and it was the baryonyx mm-hmm. with the fire falling. I thought it was incredible. I mm. I loved how he looked. I was that was an exciting um, moment in the film for me. I loved the whole baryonyx scene. Yeah. It, and it, that- they had to be very careful too because they'd already designed the Baronix earlier to be in Jurassic Park 3 and then changed it into the uh, the Spinosaur but I think here That's it sort right. of sets itself apart enough from the Spinosaur of what that end design used to be um, and, and yet do... it's still very reminiscent of the Spinosaurus mm. Mm-hmm. I mean the Spinosaurus had those crocodilian scoops down its spine 
And the baryonics has the same. Yep. Uh-huh. And, and a little bit reminiscent on the uh, the Spinosaur Roar, too. Hmm. Little bit. You can it, there's a hint of it in there. Yes, well, there was. I back to it now, and it, it did sound like it. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. And if you're gonna have the Spinosaur be a hybrid, then surely it's gonna take traits from the Baryonyx that it, it obviously mm-hmm. was sort of partly cloned from. Mm-hmm. Um, was... I, was, I was very glad they put the Baryonyx then to Sucomimus. I, I don't know. I I I out of the Spinosaurs, I really love the the Baryonyx most of all. Yep. Yeah, you too, I think. I don't know, I'm, I am itching for that uh, Spinosaurus toy from Mattel, and now yeah. and I'm telling us that it's... Oh, man, that's for another podcast, man. I'm hearing it. Like, not be, oh, just, dude, I think so we can we can talk a whole segment on what's going on about that. I know, we can. <laughs> it is bad, like... I don't know if you guys saw, but I got a, a response from them, and p- people have been sharing it all over uh, social media on Instagram and everything. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Let's just yeah, let's yeah, move on. Stay tuned. Will really go into this. Will be in a huge yeah. tangent. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that'll be another one. That'll be a uh, what happened to the Spinosaurus? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, not I... in JP3. <laughs> in real life. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, the whole baryonics in the bunker. Um, Claire finds a ladder over in the corner that um, mm-hmm. she only realises is there now and not earlier when they're trying to find a way out. But um, they, the baryonics chases them up and you get a good bit of suspense here with the ladder sort of falling down <laughs> with Franklin yeah. hanging on the end of it. Um, and I do that love actually how... made me laugh pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. And I do love how the, spo- uh, the baryonics actually goes up the ladder and chases them up, uh-huh. up to the hatch. Um, it's sort of just it. It, even it was funny the, when. Oh, go. Oh uh, no, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. even with all the sort of the danger that's current with the fire or lava inside the bunker, and that it's sort of, it's again we're getting an animal here. It's sort of not really acting like an animal. It's sort of just being that monster, um, just chasing, mm-hmm. relentless chasing, instead of sort of finding yeah, its own yeah, way yeah. out. Whether, whether it's been stuck in the tunnel system for ages and is starving, is probably a more. Yeah. It's, it's funny too because we we get we get that like with that baryonics, but then with like um, late in later scenes with the T Rex when she's roaring and the like the volcano does like an ultimate like eruption, like it stops her right in the middle of that eruption and sh- and she just leaves like kind of like what an animal would do like oh shoot uh, yeah. I gotta get out of here yeah you know well in this sense. The whole place is going down in lava and flames, and this thing is still trying to get them. Like, mm. uh, what's the, it, like exactly? It's like a, it's a very monster esque scene because I don't think any animal would really go to that length to get a meal. Where's it gonna eat it anyway? It's just gonna eat it in the middle of the lava, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, here I go. It's kind of like that meme where that dog is sitting in the middle of flames. Ah, everything's <laughs> good. I'm fine. <laughs> I don't know if you guys seen that meme. Yeah, yeah, this is fine. Yeah, that. You know, it's kind of like that situation. But I but wonder, it, I've only just thought of it now, maybe that's just a trait of the, the Spinosaur or the Baryonyx family. Because it was the same thing that's being care. discussed. Yeah, it's been discussed to endless times about just how monstrous the Spinosaur is, how it's just kill humans, kill humans, kill humans, and don't worry about anything else going on in the background. Well, here we have the Baryonyx doing the same thing. Maybe it's just a trait of that species or that family. Or that yeah, maybe yeah, there's something it, wrong, that's, something that's wrong very, when it was made. 
Well, maybe they they attribute it to kind of like crocodile type instincts because uh, crocodiles they just go for whatever's in front of them. Really, they well, don't yeah, have a distinction. Yeah, they'll attack something and just store the food underwater uh-huh. until they're hungry. To eat, but so. crocodiles and and alligators, both mm. uh, um, animals, they do that because I've seen them do that with studies with when they study with birds and they study with with crocodiles and they. They put something in front of a crocodile. It has nothing to do with food. Doesn't smell like food. Doesn't taste like food. There's no blood on it. It was like a stuffed animal. The crocodile went after it, bit into it, and took it into the water and was happy with it. And it's yeah. like, uh, what? <laughs> and then they had birds where they put food in different type of um, uh, I think it was like different colors or distinctions. And they 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 said before they 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 put the food down. They're like. That bird's favorite food is I don't know red the the red ones right so they put the blue ones and the yellow ones and the bird would distinctly look at the other two and go right for the right for the red ones that it likes you know like it knew that was the food that it liked like so maybe that's a trait that they're using for the spinosaur um, spinosaur dinosaur family that they're just like I don't care what's going on like you said they're just gonna try to eat you even if there was like their limbs are being hacked off or something i don't yeah yeah well it's almost unstoppable force <laughs> yeah it's almost like the raptors too um where it's just constantly going after going after people like yeah very own... very villainous and locomotive type yeah. of uh, mm-hmm. traits yeah. the only the only difference i'll go hmm Oh, the only difference we sort of see is in Jurassic Park 3 at the end where they hear the helicopter and sort of run run away and leave the Grant and that there and don't kill them. But, um... Yeah, I guess the Spinosaurs are the the Michael Myers uh, of uh, Jurassic <laughs> Park. I think David would like that. I, I did like that one. I'm, I'm super excited for the new Michael Myers movie coming out. Oh, yeah, me yes. too. And have a it deadly... looks good. Another deadly but beautiful addition to Jurassic World. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you, come on. You, like, you slap on a, a Michael Myers mask on a Spinosaurus <laughs> when it's like emerging from the forest and a knife in its other hand. And, and, and it's like, yeah, I can see that. You know? <laughs> Actually, oh, man. Somebody, somebody the, uh, guys that, that listen to the podcast, somebody Photoshop that. That would be hilarious. Yeah, I want to see this now. Yep. Yeah, you know the scene, the guys, when it's like it first emerges from the far. Oh no, not the first time when it, um the ringtone when it's just standing there, just breathing, yeah, looking at them. Yeah, I know what I was thinking of too. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Oh man, I uh, JP three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back to Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. We get um we get reunited here, Claire and. Uh, Franklin up on top of the the um, will escape from the bunker. Yet we don't see the bunker again. We don't see the radio tower again. Even though they should be right underneath it, all very close to it. But we get uh, reunited with Owen here as well as he's running out of the jungle, and we get uh, the stampede, the uh, finding the old gyrosphere, and then the, this big action sequence here with the island blowing and all the uh, animals running down to the coast. I think we we sort of talked before, and everyone sort of had that bit of criticism about Rexy turning up here out of the blue and uh, yeah. saving the day from the Carnotaur again, or the Carnosaurus. Um, the Carnotaurus uh, design, though, is wonderful. Mm. I, we've talked about that before. Uh, 
But I do. I also enjoy the uh, Carnotaurus versus Cynotaurus. I'm sorry, Cynoceratops uh, fight there. I mean, it's random, completely unnecessary, but it's awesome. <laughs> and there is more to that fight awesome. we haven't seen, isn't there? Didn't I see somebody yeah, the other day? Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it was really cool to see that because it, we've been kind of wanting to see um, some Ceratopsian fight uh, some theropod, you know. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. We got to see like the T Rex versus the Triceratops in the game, but that would have been cool to see in, on film. Yeah. Uh, but seeing the the Carnotaur uh, fight this other dinosaur off, this Ceratopsian, it was really cool to see that. Even though it was brief, but then again, how long do you pr- make a fight like that go on? It's not like the old days where, you know, you would have a Triceratops fighting T-Rex for like half an hour. Like, <laughs> you know, Locked like those... in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah, basically, <laughs> you know. You would have that in those old, like the old Lost World, you know, Sarah Colin yeah. Doyle's yep. Lost World. You would have that, but not but yeah, this one. <laughs> Claire and Franklin get inside the gyrosphere after it's knocked over, and either there's a short or something happens, and the door locks itself. And uh, as it's hit by an animal, it starts rolling down, um, and we get the the volcano blowing up in the back of that money shot, and the um, pyroclastic cloud and flow starting to come down behind them. And uh, Chris Pratt's awesome running ability. <laughs> um, oh yeah. But um, yeah, we get the gyrosphere in the water. Um, it's it's good here that the gyrosphere isn't airtight. There's got you got water coming in through joints or through the uh, cracks in it. Um, uh-huh. It's a little bit of a shame that it's lost its how sort of strong the glass is in Jurassic World. We see that a 50, 50 cal bullet won't penetrate yet here. Um, Owen sort of gets a couple of shots off with his nine mil before the. Uh, he gets hit by a lava bomb, but um, they eventually get out. Of course, the heroes aren't going to die here in the middle. And we get to the beach. Claire has a little tizzy over the rescue being a lie, and we get the uh, Chinooks flying overhead with the Baryonics in a sling. And um, I, I, will, I will say something about the quality of plastic. I can't remember what kind of plastic they said they used in the um, gyrosphere, yeah. but. Plastic, if it's left on the elements for a few years, will become increasingly brittle. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's very true. Yes, I was actually thinking that when we were when you were saying that, like maybe it it kind of you know deteriorated a bit. But also, mm-hmm. that scene of them in the water was a very good scene. When the, when they're inside mm-hmm. this the the gyrosphere, the tension mm-hmm. was really real. Yeah. It was really well done because I I I was actually. You know, I knew they were going to survive, but it actually got me, and I was actually tense when that scene was going on. I was like, oh, oh, wow. Like, just the water, and that, how the actors acted that out, it felt real. It felt like they were really, I think, because they really were in danger, yeah, and they did it, that in that one was, shot. They were, yeah. they, were, they were really underwater, because um, yeah. I think it was Universal who said that they wanted to have it shot on soundstage and then just add the water in. And Bayona's like, no, no, we we got to have this in, the, in a pool. we got to have this actually in the water. You know? Yeah. yeah like, can... It doesn't matter if they drown. I need this shot. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's good that you can see that on the screen, unlike stuff like um, 
Lord of the Rings, where the actors are just sitting there holding their breath and puffing their cheeks out to make it look like they're underwater, and the water's CG'd in afterwards. It's just you can tell they're not really underwater, um, <laughs> and it's just that's one thing I'll praise this film is just how being on location, doing this stuff for real, even behind the scenes we've seen with them rigging up that gyrosphere with Claire and Franklin and on the roller coaster, so you get a real look of fear on the actors' faces as they go over that cliff and are just freefall and freefall. Well, you know how you try to hold your uh, breath during a water scene? I nearly died watching this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially, like, you get a lava bomb hit the top of the gyrosphere too and just melt straight through the plastic and just let more water in faster. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. <laughs> It's that it's that fear of being trapped in a car underwater, <laughs> or trapped in something yeah, underwater. That's actually what it is. Yeah. Yep. Mm. But we sort of discussed too before about how good it was to see the um, the scene, the fight scene between the uh, Carnotaurus and the Ceratopsian. But we we could have had a bit more time here to actually see the Rex get captured because we cut straight to the East Dock as we got it coming in by helicopter and getting lowered onto the boat some maybe 15 minutes later. <laughs> uh, we've, we've talked about that before, of just how the Rex roared, left the Carnotaurus there, and ran off to get captured. Well, when they're on that cliff face there, watching the uh, engine work from above, that was like another pure Lost World reference. I mean, they're looking at it through the binoculars, frown, uh, get a shot of everybody's face frowning, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we get, um, as the volcanoes still continue to erupt, the captain, or the boat, casts off and start to, uh, everyone's running to the ship to get off island, and we get Claire and that jumping in the Unimog, um, Owen and Franklin sort of running, running towards the ship as the lava bombs are falling, we got this action sequence here, um... <laughs> you kind of reminded me a little bit about Indiana Jones, them running to the... Yeah, yep. Okay, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we have there's, talked before about how much yeah, like Spielberg moments are in this film, and that's definitely one. Oh yeah, definitely. Yep. Very indie type of scenes yep. for me. I'd say the uh, the Unimog uh, chase and the leap into the boats probably more reminiscent of Crystal Skull than the others. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yes. Yeah. That's, 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 yeah, that's that one is... gripe I do have. <laughs> but um, they get they make it on board as the uh, island's being destroyed in the background. No one notices the extra vehicle doing the uh, the jump and the leap and the stunt and getting on board the boat. But uh, and we quiet down as we get everyone looking back and we see the brachiosaur lumbering down the dock. Um, like we've talked about it before. <laughs> Does anyone have any anything to add to it? I again, Bayona. Uh, Colin coming out and saying that it was the first Brachiosaur we seen in Jurassic Park was not needed. Yeah. Like the the scene was bad, well, sad enough without needing to know it that is information. It's very sad scene. It's just a it's just a reminder that the the dream and everything that the park was it's it's gone. So yeah. like the first dinosaur, because they kept throwing that, and I think we've said this before, they kept throwing it in all the ads and. And everything, oh, do you remember the first time you saw a dinosaur? Which was the first dinosaur we ever really got to see was the Brachiosaur. Mm. Mm-hmm. So they keep trying to, you know, get that out of us. And we were all little when we saw it. So, of course, we're just, we're, we're not even, 
it's not even a, a just that. We're also reminded at the same time almost of, I don't know if you guys, uh, I bet you guys have seen Land Before Time. Mm. And then, yeah. you know, when the mother dies, it's another long-necked dinosaur, another sauropod. So it's like, it's sad to see that. And then I knew that was the Brachiosaur from the first one. I, I, I remember turning to my friend Alex and saying, that's the first, because when it stood up, I'm like, oh my God. I'm mm. like, it's the first, it's the first Brachiosaur. It's the one from the first movie. And, and then like, I had this talk with Brad and he was like, I told him that he's like, oh, I hope not. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is, man. And yeah, then they said it was. And then they said also that it was the way that it was like burning or whatever. It was supposed to be reminiscent of E.T.'s heart. Oh yeah, it um, was. You, yeah. Which, uh, what? You know, like, what does... Uh, I know he was throwing some, like, homage to Spielberg in a way, but, man, I do <laughs> not want to be reminded of E.T.'s heart from a brachiosaur burning to death. You know, <laughs> like, that is messed up, man. I can't even watch E.T. Yeah. E. right now. Like, You're supposed to make the connection of the sad, uh, the sadness of E.T. leaving with the sadness of the brachiosaurus leaving. Oh, wow, I went to a dark place when I thought of it. Whoops. <laughs> I know, I mean, you're, you're way over this one, I think. <laughs> and it's sort of, a, it's a shame that the, this is the main focus here of just this, this Brachiosaur dying. Because um, it's sort of, it's almost implied here that it's the it's the last animal left on the island, where we know from the earlier map of the dots there's a lot more animals dying elsewhere. Um, even just before with the water scene, you're seeing Triceratops and ankylosaurs and that in the water not doing a very good job at swimming yet it's sort of the focus is more on owen rescuing claire and franklin the fact that these animals are drowning or possibly drowning all around them because um, when they get to the beach there's no other animals <laughs> that get to the beach with them and you'd think that they would have um, swam to the nearest possible access point to get back yeah. on the island and not that cliff but um but yeah, it it is a sad scene. I it, it well, reminded me a lot out. more of Godzilla. Like one of the I don't know if it was a new Godzilla or one of the old ones where you it might be the Roland Emmerich one from the nineties where you just see the cloud and oh. underwater where you just see Godzilla after being torpedoed and just sort of floating in the water out of that dust cloud. So, gets, that's a bad that, <laughs> the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah, he gets caught in all the fires. Yeah. Oh man, poor Godzilla. So yeah, it's definitely it's definitely bringing the feels. <laughs> um, that movie gets so much hate, so much. It does. Hate. I love that movie. Yeah. I, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I I did not like Matthew Broderick in the movie. <laughs> I thought he was pretty whack. Oh come on, the all best... uh, no, the best part is Godzilla. All right, that's the best part. Oh, that like, was the best part. Like the animation found. series was amazing. Oh, it was. It was so good. I oh, so series. good. The and the animation itself was so be uh, oh, ahead of its time, so great. Oh, very. Yeah, that's there's a. Another, there's another tangent we can do. It. We should do like a, maybe. John. Yeah, bonus episode Godzilla. Hey, it's you know, it's, they kind of lump Godzilla with dinosaurs sometimes. You know, like if you go to a Monster Con or Monster Mania here in Jersey, mm -hmm. the Godzilla stuff is there. You know. Um, mm -hmm. Then you have like crypto, cryptid animals and stuff like that too. You got a lot of, um, for some reason, there's a lot of Harry and the Hendersons. It's, uh, 
Well, I know whole... he's supposed he's supposed to be a Sasquatch. I know, but still, it's weird. You know, he's like a happy Sasquatch. Well, the whole Madison Square Garden thing is just all very reminiscent of Lost World. With the oh yeah, and it's sort of it's it's aping Jurassic Park as well. Just the babies running around like raptors. Mm-hmm. So. No, that's my biggest fear was actually with Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom was we would get was that the Indoraptor would just be a miniaturized Indominus Rex. I mean, There'd be a lot Indominus of Rex kind of already looked a bit like a baby Godzilla. Mm. <laughs> you know, and yeah, so I was just thinking, yeah. oh my god, I'm just gonna get a bunch of baby Godzillas running around a Jurassic Park movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and that's now with the uh, death of the Brachiosaur, the death of Issa Nublar, we're um, on the ship heading back to the mainland. Um, so those listening may have realised that uh, during this whole opening and this first part, there's uh, while they're on the island, they do cut back to Lockwood Manor a, a little bit and sort of keep going with uh, Mills and Maisie, her um, their relationship and him sort of not being that... Uh, Fatherly to her, I suppose. But um, we we we're on our way to the mansion here. I rewatching the film. I will rewatch the whole thing again. But after that, once we get this shot of leaving the island, I think that's where I'm going to stop the film because I don't. Not a lot that happens after from now on sort of excites me a lot. But um, we, <laughs> <laughs> we get we get Zara on oh, Zara Zia on the boat tending to blue um we get sort of the, that comedic stuff from the trailer of owen and claire going to uh get blood from the trenosaur because they're your universal blood donor apparently <laughs> um, um there was actually this thing uh where it explained with birds that you can actually do that but you can only do that once mm. with uh transfusion from uh from um not exactly same species, but it has to be in the same like family tree or something. Okay. So yeah. like maybe, so that's why she was saying like the carnivore only has to can only have two or three fingers, and they're like there's only another one on here that has two or something like that, which you know Baryonyx has three fingers, you know, but whatever. Um, it's just they had to go for the T Rex because that's way cooler. Mm. You know? It was. Cool sequence, and plus we got to see some animatronic T-Rex again, which was oh, again. Yeah. It, it was a really cool sequence. I, I, I thought it was a little <laughs> crazy that that Owens able to do those like Mr. Miyagi moves <laughs> getting away from the T-Rex. Yeah, I but myself. That was I was a little. You know, people talk so much about the gymnastic scenes, but you don't hear anybody talking about that. No. That yeah. that was like. Far out, come on! You know what I mean? It, it, that T Rex snapped, and he was like, he flipped inside her mouth. Like, how do you I even know. do that? Like, what? I mean, in a franchise where suspension of disbelief is kind of, or suspension of belief is kind of a must. Yeah, no, must yeah. I believe. Well, yeah, even as the we... scene continues, it it breaks free from its restraints when it moves and lunges at him, and the foot does that scratch down the wall. But then yeah, it cuts I... away, and the like, there's no roaring. You don't have people coming in to tranquilize it again. If if it was on the SS Venture, that that Trenosaur is out and about now <laughs> and killing yeah, and the killing thing is, people. This is, and not only that, this is Rexy we're talking about. She's like the biggest Tyrannosaur in the in the whole saga. So you know, what I mean, if the buck can break out of those like bars and stuff, 
she could easily break through that freaking truck. Like, yeah, well, it's just a shipping container. We've discussed this. Yeah, before. it was it's a he, modified really shipping was. container. So you're getting out of that, uh, and like they didn't even close the door behind them. I don't think they just <laughs> they they closed the door and leaned up about and leaned up against them, going, "Wow, that was close," and didn't even lock, lock it again. But um, yeah, I mean, we could we could chalk it up to her being old, and she's like, "Eh, whatever," and she went right back to sleep. Now, yeah. the thing to remember is, is this whole scene here is supposedly taking place in a storm. We see the Arcadia leaving the Isla Nublar on fire and heading into a trap. And I'm not sure if it's a tropical storm or what kind of storm it was. But, I mean, the whole ship should be rocking, shouldn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah you, got, you got to see you here doing surgery on Blue and it's just dead steady. Like, their only concern is the fact that Blue's it- moving around. Mm-hmm. Did, did the storm follow them? Because you have a storm also when you get to Lockwood Man- Manor. Hmm. Well, I'm not sure. Yeah, because when, when, when we do Could see them... I'm sure What's that? When we do okay. see them leave Nublar and you see in the background, like, yes, the sky is black, but I'm, I'd put that up more to um, just the uh, ash the... in the sky. Yeah, After the yeah. volcano. Because um, okay, all that ash and, and that toxicity would, would start up storms anyway, probably. Yeah, well, it does. I mean, you see it all the time in, like, Iceland and yeah. uh, Italy. Whenever a yeah, volcano like... erupts there, you see just a storm swirling over with lightning spewing everywhere. Yeah. yeah it's a, uh, does that Do those kinds of storms uh, create, like, acid rain? Well, you'd get, the, sure. you'd get dirty. The rain would be dirty. Um, just yeah, of course, all the ash yeah. coming out. Of the sky. But... I don't think you want to go outside and be, and put your tongue out to take the, the drops of that rain. Yeah, I, no. I don't think it'd be acidic. But... <laughs> it... Yeah, but I don't think you like the taste of those drops. Mmm, charcoal-y. Mmm, <laughs> these gumdrops taste really bad. <laughs> uh, but we um, there's also a scene here too as the Arcadia is leaving. We get Mills back in uh, Lockwood Manor looking at the map as the boat's steaming away from the island. Um from a different location it's up in the north now like the north dock so even even in this film they can't get the map right between scenes but um you know you notice the anxiety that he has on his face while he's waiting for that ship to arrive yeah i I feel like this is just the the lost world fan in me but almost maybe like maybe the thoughts of the ss venture in his head like well that ship went to hell Mm. Hope this one gets here. Yeah. Because that was one dinosaur, and this is like a hundred of them or whatever. <laughs> you know. So. And the, yeah, there's more than one carnivore on this one. How so. big was the Arcadia ship to carry all those dinosaurs? Had to big. be huge. It was. I remember seeing some of the behind-the-scene pictures of it, and I'm like, damn, this is a big boat. Is it like a <laughs> Noah's Ark type of ship? What? Like a Noah's Ark type of ship? Um, it's cool. more of a, like a, um, tra- of a, what are, what are those, uh... I'd say it's like, like a, a big fairy, because it's got the, like the, un- the, the, under, underground, the, like the area under, under decks for vehicles to drive on and off, um, which is sort of... look at it, it reminds me a lot of a landing platform dock, mm. in, especially in the, when you look at it from the back. Yeah, yeah. And it's sort of it's sort of odd. Like again, it's implied that they've saved all the animals. Yet you've got the trucks with the some animals on the back just parked in the middle with gaps, like taking up a lot of space. And then there's containers stacked on top of the decks as well. Um, I don't. We don't actually get a count of how many animals they actually s- saved. But 
there's only be probably two dozen, and we'll get to that at the end, that are released at the end of the film. So even the, the convoy going up to the auction, yes, it might only be the first dozen animals released. I'm, I'm, I still think there's a lot more... Um, we might have to, um, there are a lot more animals that are sort of left on the boat that don't go to the auction. I don't think all the animals yeah. go up. Because as, as we sort of get to the auction now, we'll move along a little bit, we get we get that convoy of 10 or so vehicles going up to the auction, maybe taking 10 or so animals. And even when they get there, we see this whole, um, whole system of underground elevators and that taking Rexy really and all that down. you think they still had some on the boat? I don't think all the animals went to the auction. There's not enough animals oh. there. That, that, yeah, that's true. Like you, you see the shots of the Arcadia with how many containers, even just as um, so, Owen and that are that... walking around under, under decks with just how many trucks are parked, they have containers on them. So now, do those animals... Now, this is all going into fan theory type speculation. Now, have those animals from the boat escaped, or did they just die in the boat, you know? Nobody's letting them out. Uh, well, that'd be if they're there. It's sort of a after the incident at Lockwood Manor. It'd be more of the authorities. Well, what the hell do we do with these animals? That's true. If they've, if they've, I, I do wonder what, what's yeah. Well, that's. But that's then for... it might be just it might be just a pothole that's that doesn't come back up again. Um, yeah. So yeah, with um, we get Mills kills Lockwood, which is a little bit graphic. Suffocation by pillow. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was like, that was like the whoa, this guy is bad moment for me. Mm. I mean, I knew he was a, kind of like a bad guy, but I didn't, really, I didn't think we'd actually be seeing him kill anybody. It reminded me a lot of, um, what was it, Dodson from the Lost World novel, where he just, where he tosses Sarah Harding off the boat, yeah. and then acts like it's completely normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't kill her, the ocean did. <laughs> yeah, but we get um, Owen and Claire are locked up underground in one of the cages, which, again, there's a cage set aside for them, but not one of the animals that comes up from the boat. Um, we get the whole whistling to the Stiggy Moloch, and uh, it's escaped there. And a little bit of humour where it comes out the cage and uh, hits the big eye beam and sort of <laughs> walks off dazed into the lift. Um <laughs> And we get the start of the auction, uh, as we said before, $128 million. I love the soundtrack to that, that auction scene. Mm. Yeah. The music created for that, it's so great. And it keeps, like, as the auction goes on, it gets stronger and stronger, the rhythm. Yep. It's and you great. just see the dollar signs <laughs> in Mills' eyes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. on his glasses, he just yeah. kind of looks like... Yeah, yeah. And more so, more so here where the... Uh, Indoraptor's revealed and comes out and you've got instantly bids coming up on Woo's like, no, no, it's not for sale and Mills is sort of, eh, yeah, okay. Because it wasn't completed yet. Yeah. Well, we, yeah, I think we accidentally skipped over, entirely skipped over that one scene where Maisie goes into the um, basement and finds the monster in the closet. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And, then, and Woo's talking to him and he's like, well, the Indoraptor was incomplete, and he's like, "Well, we can sell this. I mean, come on, this is fine. It's fine like it is." And then he, and then Wu's just like, "It needs a mother." Mm. That was, I mean, he did learn from his mistakes. He really, he realized that putting the Indoraptor or giving the Indominus Rex like a completely 
psychopathic kind of nature was wrong and that they in order to control it better they would have needed to something that would have teach it like self-control you know yeah yeah well that's it we also get during that scene too of um, Maisie looking at the old videos of Owen's research at the with Baby Blue um, mm-hmm. which is interesting because it does effectively explain why Blue is the way she is mm. is because she is a second generation Ibris Raptor bred to be more empathetic and understanding of human emotion yeah so uh-huh. it, what's that? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I said, uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, like, um, you see that with that scene with uh, when they're babies, and he does the hiding, and you see the other raptors. I can't remember if it was, like, Delta or Echo. I know it was in Charlie. Was it Charlie? Wow, then I was completely wrong. Oh, well, well either, either way, I was, I, I'm, I'm so sure it wasn't green. Oh, I have to see the movie again. I'm forgetting it. Um... Yeah, it, it he hides his face and then it jumps at him to attack him, mm-hmm. and then you see blue and blue's like concerned and whatnot. Mm-hmm. That I think was really really good that they did in the movie connecting the the relationship between blue and Owen. Mm-hmm. You get to mm-hmm. see that there really is a relationship there of um of um master and and pet or like kind of like with a dog. You know, mm-hmm. dog and master type yeah. of situation, yeah. which um, is cool for the context of the story, but at the same time, it's kind of like, oh, raptors are dogs now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but well, one other dog that uh, creates some confusion. Stiggy gets out into the uh, auction <laughs> auction area and gets oh, people yeah. running in all all directions, and I just love here how the the raptors just left <laughs> in the middle by itself. Um, yeah, and it's like it watches everything going on around it. That, mm. that was really cool. It's kind of like um, it, something inside, uh, like almost like a, some animals in a zoo where they watch you and yeah. you're moving around or whatever, yeah. and it's just looking at you. And it's just waiting for that moment. It's like, oh, I, I dare you to step into my pen. Please mm-hmm. fall in. Fall well, in. <laughs> someone does. Wheatley <laughs> comes in and doesn't <laughs> recognize him. And, oh, what? You, you got some teeth. Oh. It's you always get instances like this of people doing dumb decisions or whatever else you can yeah, say it yeah. about any and the, film. And the, and the thing is, the thing is, like you, you sit there and you say, like, "Oh, this is so stupid. Nobody would do that." I can honestly say we can go on the internet right now, guys, oh, yeah. and see all the stupid people that are on this planet that do dumb stuff all yep. the time. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yes, yeah. as much as common sense would say, no, don't step into the cage, out of ten people, there's going to be one person be like, you know what, I'm going to try it out. Like, hmm. how many people walk into, uh, like, go into enclosures of, at animal, of animals in the zoo? There's this one guy I saw not too long ago. It was, I think, like a week ago. He slapped, I think it was a hippo, on the butt <laughs> at a zoo. Like, and he was lucky... That the hippo didn't turn out, turn turn around fast enough. That thing would have mauled him to pieces. Yeah. Oh, I just I saw a similar one uh, where this man got mauled by a hippopotamus getting too close to take a selfie with it. They yeah. cause they See, cause there you they go. cause more deaths in deaths in Africa than any of the carnivores. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. The dangerous animals on the face of the planet. See, there you there you go. There you go. Somebody trying to get a selfie with a super <laughs> dangerous animal. Yep. You know, so that's why I've I've had talks with friends about certain decisions that happen in Jurassic Park. Now this is this is somewhat of a tangent, but it's a good tangent because it, it it's it 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 goes with the series overall. Because mm-hmm. people, if you notice when we look at news media outlets and and whatnot, they're always saying, "Why would they build a park again? Why with everything that happened? Why would they do that?" Just look at human nature. We do constantly do the dumbest stuff over and over again. You know, like it, we touch a, a stove with our hands, and probably it, somewhere down the line, there's gonna be somebody is be like, "Oh, that was hot, right? Yeah, let me see." Like, <laughs> no. But that's what happens. And yeah. just like you said about somebody taking a selfie with, like, a dangerous animal, there's, like, a top ten list on YouTube. I actually <laughs> I actually watched oh. this video of the dumbest selfies that people died from. Like, this girl, <laughs> the worst one, a girl took a selfie on top of a train, and she lifted her leg and touched the live rail, the, the uh. live wire. It, it, yeah, come yeah. on. You know what yeah. I mean? It's all common sense, but... So Wheatley walking in there, as much as all of us would cringe, it, that's well, it's all on him. He's just one of that percent of idiots who yeah. <laughs> did live on the planet, you know? But then in so, hindsight, too, like, he did put two darts into it. So as far as he too. was concerned, it was down. Now, we don't we don't get any explanation as to why those darts had no effect. I think the, the cat and mouse thing probably went on a little bit too long, in my opinion. Especially. I hated the smile. Yeah. I was so mad when I saw that. Yeah. I was like, I'm what? I love that smile. I did not. I hated it. I was like, no, come on. What is that? This is not. What is he breaking the fourth wall? Is he, is he Deadpool yeah. now? I felt Looney Tunes. <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt about it, too. And I, I know, because I've had friends of mine that said they loved it, too. I, I, I just. I, I did it, man. I have really bad opinion about it. It's yeah. Like, oh. But it's it's the reason for it to uh to escape and we get. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do I do like the whole hunt well, not hunting but the whole trying to evade it and the just the the horror sort of aspects of it. In the in the mansion the lights are off. Um, hunting yeah. Owen and Claire. I do too. I just uh, I felt like it was. I know David. You said you really loved it. Like that you were like uh, on edge about it, right? When he was. Oh, I was like like, touching my seat for like that entire last forty-five minutes, half hour, whatever it was. Me, for some reason, I I really wasn't. I just didn't. uh, I was like, uh. Right, because at at this point, you know, no one's gonna die. It's just, you know, you know, Owen and Claire aren't gonna die. You know, they're definitely not gonna kill Maisie. Um, you get a couple of couple of um, mercenaries to get taken out. You get the one guy on the floor that's already dead. Um, oh yeah, those guys are, uh, uh, you know. Yeah, I think it was more suspense. The moment they, they show up on screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's more suspense of just not knowing what's going to happen and um, yeah. how they're going to do this differently to say the raptors in the kitchen or stuff I, like that. I'll admit, I on this one, I just after Zara broke the Spielbergian shield in um, Jurassic World, I wasn't counting anything out. I was... <laughs> I didn't know who was... If they were going to make... Uh, I didn't know if they are going to kill off a kid in this one. I didn't know what they are going to do. I, mean, I, I thought... Go, go ahead. I mean, technically because at that point, I had already guessed that Maisie was a clone. 
And so I'm thinking, well, she's technically not human, or is yeah, she? Or yeah. I mean, we already had this discussion, but you know, I mean, it has the ambiguity I, enough to the point where you're like, what if they do? Well, we get I the whole her reveal here as well. Caretaker was gonna get hit. Yeah. Yep. I thought she was gonna die because she just like walked off screen, and I thought I didn't think that it, like. There's one or two ways I thought I saw her in my head dying in the movie. Uh, one, like, like them, you know, Macy, like when she runs away from the from um, Owen and Claire and the Indoraptor herself by herself or whatever. That at one point she, like, the maid would just like uh, her or her caretaker. Oh, we got it. We were, was her name Rose? No, Iris. Iris. Her name was Iris. Was there you yeah. go. Iris would appear in that hallway when she's running. Be like, Macy, what's wrong? And then all of a sudden you see the Indoraptor and just, you don't see him actually eat her, but kind of take her out. Like, mm. just jump onto her, almost like she, he did to the, the security guard. Because yeah. no, nobody really wants to see a brutal death on an old lady like that. But mm. the sense of just seeing that Indoraptor so savagely take out her caretaker, and then I felt like... Yeah, and then she was crying, and she yes, yes, and oh my god, and then amazing. And then I would this is what I was thinking in my head too, and then it would give her more of the reason to be the the nail in the coffin for the Indoraptor. Some way, somehow, she would be involved in that Indoraptor's death. So it's like the clone killing the clone. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. we didn't get any of that. I was kind of I was like, all right, never mind. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> well, we get the whole reveal here of her being a clone, and mm-hmm. it's sort of it's sort of really glossed over. They, like Owen and Claire don't really think much of it. No, <laughs> they did it. That was this is the first took clone away from in human it. history, and it's like, uh, yeah, you can come with us. It's like, like oh, now we have like a dog. Mills, like Mills, like hypes it up. He's like, do you know what she is? Hmm. Do you have any idea what that thing is next to you? Like. He's hyping it up, and they're just like, yeah, she's a little girl, what's up? Yeah. And, and then they're like, she's a clone, and they're like, yeah, so, okay, um, so? about that Indoraptor, <laughs> they're like, what is that thing? We don't care about her, we care about that thing. Yeah, and, I, uh, I, was, know I know he would have preferred if, if they'd come across Iris injured, and that's where we got the reveal, like, she's on a deathbed. Oh, that would have been great, too. Yeah, reveals that, was, that it's a clone. Um, just have a bit more, bit more oomph behind it than just Mills <laughs> yelling and doing all that. Yeah, yeah, yelling at them in the hallway. What was that, Dave? So I feel like that would almost be more cliche with, yeah. with the dying. Yeah. My dying wish. She's a clone. Take good care of her. Yeah, yeah. Like, it would have been. But, but still, like the the reaction between Claire and. And Owen, for her being a clone, was very man. There was no reaction to, no. to tell you the truth. If you really look at it, there really isn't. I got to watch the movie again to see, but I I don't remember them actually going oh, what yeah. or or looking at her at least like what, is that what you really are? Mm. Are Good you <laughs> like it would you know? Yeah. Like like Owen looking at her like hey, so you're like Dolly the sheep. You're a clone. <laughs> Well, that, that's where a yeah, bit of a funny right? scene would be Franklin just taking one step sideways away from her or something. Yeah, oh, that would have been great. Yeah, because he was the comedic relief. Yeah. It would have been great to be like, oh, yeah. is, she a t- is she a T-Rex? <laughs> is she a T-Rex? 
and then you get the confirmation, of course, she's not part dinosaur, which would have been fantastic because, <laughs> I mean, there are the fan theories out there. No, what? I've seen those. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. um, there was a, a, a tweet from Colin that says that he did not want to have dinosaur and human DNA mixed. Like, yeah. he says yeah. that in But then again, he's said a couple of things and backtracked before yeah, already. <laughs> So I, I I don't know. I'm very weary as where it may go. Mm-hmm. Uh, if like, it'd be, I don't think they would go that route, but it'd be really something in the realm of what they might do. I don't know because they, they backtrack a couple of things. They say, no, we're not going to do that. And then you're watching the movie. You're like, wait a second. I just thought you said you weren't going to do that. Yeah. You just did it. Yeah. Like, like the dinosaur. Biggest... <laughs> go. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I, I think the biggest the biggest crime will be if she's not even in the third one. <laughs> if they just nah, that was just something for Lockwood and all that. That would be yeah, that would be really stupid to yeah. like, because then it would take the whole already the whole reveal of her being a clone is not even that important in the sense of like we didn't get the importance from the actual characters in the film. Mm. Like us as an audience, like some of us, like me myself, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, but. It, like not everyone in the audience got that because if you don't if you're not invested in the characters and you're not invested in how their emotions and feelings are going through the movie then a reaction like that if they didn't really have an, a reaction at all you're gonna have the same type of reaction and be like oh right mm. you know if they would have been like holy oh what <laughs> you're a clone the whole time you were a clone you didn't tell me that that'd be something owen would have said you know yeah. you didn't yeah. tell me I just found out. What? What is going on? Wait, you guys clone? Did you guys clone Hammond too? He is. He's downstairs in a in a container. What? Am I a clone? Am I a clone? Are you a clone? Who's clone? <laughs> that would have been great, you know. Like, it's just like uh, you're a clone. I'm a clone. Uh, but, yeah, uh... They could have a like like a Men in Black moment. You remember when uh where he's like when he's I did, uh, when Will Smith is, is like looking at the, um, another person is like did you, did you flashy thing me? Flashy thing me? <laughs> <laughs> you know like that would have been a very comedic like relief in a moment of such tension mm. but it just didn't there's there's a lot of missed opportunities that I see yeah you know definitely but then again you know, yeah. I don't know yeah but uh, all the action accumulates up on the roof above the uh, museum area where we get um, the, the Indoraptor chasing uh, Owen and Maisie out onto the roof and uh, it sort of having its arm break through the glass and knowing it's it's too heavy for there and then Claire turns up with the uh, with the rifle with the laser dot on it and we, we had the bit of dialogue earlier where they said the Indoraptor was trained to attack anything that this dot or laser sights went onto and then I think it played a sound to initialise the attack yeah, yeah, so that all comes back here and we get it go out and Blue <laughs> miraculously returns after all her die-harding down in the basement to uh, save the day somewhat by taking the Indoraptor down into the uh, museum and it getting impaled on the, the Ceratopsian skull. You reckon it was worthy, worthy of it going Which out the way? Which which we all kind of like. Every time we looked at that skull, we kind of knew like, hmm, mm. that's gonna be 
something. But um, the way that Blue just jumps in front of the screen after killing the Indoraptor, I I didn't like at all. I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like it either. It almost felt like it was something was set up for like a 3D shot or something. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, right? Like, it's like, yo, what up? What's happening? Mm. I just killed that thing right there. Yep. But meanwhile, downstairs, a um, Zara and Franklin... Oh, Zia and... God damn it. Zia and Franklin have been... <laughs> Uh, dealing with a issue when uh, Blue escaped, some uh, toxic gas was being released, um, and they can't vent it. And now we've got the uh, the issue downstairs of whether or not the animals are going to die or open the gates and let them out to uh, survive. Um, we can probably leave it for another another show of just whether we're on the save or um, kill side of things, but. Um, Maisie's the one that sort of pushes the button after Claire won't do it. She already says, no, the animals need to die. And uh, we get uh, One thing I have issue here is just, you, okay, they're going to have the gases white so you can actually see it, even though it's probably a, a non-visible gas. Um, with work, where I work in an abattoirs and the animals are gassed there, and it's very violent when they realise that there's something in the air other than oxygen. And just the fact that the dinosaurs are all just standing here and waiting <laughs> calmly. Like, even the carnivores, everyone's just lined up at the gate wanting to get out. There's no fighting or nothing. <laughs> um, but the gates are open, we get outside, and we get the death of Mills um, mm-hmm. hiding under uh, the I car. Do like, I do like Maisie's uh, line here, they're alive like me. Yeah. I can't remember if I said this before, but it reminds me of... Uh, you guys ever watched the YouTube Origins, the extended version, where she meets the... where he psychotically connects with the... Um, the professor's clone daughter, who is the whole reason they're cloning Mewtwo in the first place? No. No, I haven't seen it. Uh, it's from the Pokemon, the first movie. You guys run into that? No, I got off Pokemon when I... <laughs> I... Uh. Oh, wait, started. wait, wait. Yes, yes, I, I do remember that. That was a and long time as, ago. And as the clone is kind of uh, dying, she as she's fading out, she says to Mewtwo that, being a, that it's okay because you're alive and being alive is good. I don't know, it just reminded me, and it struck a chord with me. That's why I love the line. Mm. Yeah. And it's probably, yeah, the, I, it's probably the real bit of weight that her being a clone has in the film. Mm-hmm. 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 But um, yeah, as we get the animals sort of all escaping and trampling the car Mills is hiding under, he gets out the uh, the piece of Irex bone or rib is uh, destroyed se- seemingly. Well, it's it's container is. I think you could still get DNA from the bone even if it's been trampled a bit. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But uh, we get the return of Rexy one more time to take out the villain. Her and the uh, Carnotaurus team up <laughs> in a bit of. Uh, <laughs> A bit of Eddie Carr callback, <laughs> ripping in half. Oh, yeah. It's not, I, now, this I didn't see as an Eddie Carr. Uh, well, that kind of was, but I saw it more as a Dodgson death um, callback from the novel, where mm-hmm. in the novel, Dodgson hides under the SUV before the T-Rex drags him out and takes him, uh, and takes Dodgson off to his nest to eat him, for, yeah. for the kids to eat him. I was kind of saw that in the um, way that Ludlow died in The Lost World, and definitely more so in the pre-San Diego script of mm-hmm. The Lost World. But I definitely got that vibe from Mill's death here. 
Yeah. I mean, my only issue is it goes really quick. Like, they just, all of a sudden, they just come in from nowhere, grab him, toss him, rip him in half, gone, and then run off into the forest. Mm. Um, but we've got to have... Sorry? No, you're right, go. I was going to say, it kind of felt like it um, didn't really have an impact. Like, this this guy was the overarching villain for the whole movie, and his death just didn't seem meaningful mm. to me. Yeah. Plus, it's another one of those deaths where no one's seen it, so it's at this mm. point he's just missing an action where you could say after this incident he's gone underground, gone into hiding. <laughs> um, but again, how much of this carries over into the next film, we won't know for a couple of years, but... Um, mm-hmm. We get a scene, one more scene between Alan and Blue, and um, mm-hmm. uh, Blue pretty much just, nah, I'm out of here, <laughs> and runs off into the forest as well, so now we have a Velociraptor loose on the mainland. Uh, now, I thought this one was interesting, because when we first see Owen try to make the connection with Blue, she doesn't really let him t- uh, touch her. Mm. But after the after the uh, mansion scene, she she's regained the, his trust, or Sorry, he's regained her trust enough for him to let let him touch her. And then he looks at the cage, and, and Blue looks at it too, and she just looks at him, and they're like, "Nope, no, I'm not gonna have him." Hmm. Yep. I'm not going back in a cage. <laughs> yeah. The nice shot of her by the by the lights of the car. Hmm. Yep. Beautiful shot. But then we cut back to court courtroom now whether this is just a little bit more obviously a little bit more from the opening scene we get with Malcolm that wasn't shown there um, the animals are out there humans are screwed and welcome to Jurassic World and as he sort of says we get the shot of the uh, trucks heading away through the desert with some of the animals on board we get Blue running towards suburbia and the uh, Mosasaur chasing surfers and then we get that final scene of the Tyrannosaur pushing through the zoo fence and roaring at the line <laughs> um Mm-hmm. Now I almost just... felt that Malcolm's um, outro here felt more like a follow-up, like they're doing an a uh, inquiry into what happened at the mansion, and Malcolm's like, "Well, I told you you didn't listen, so this is what happens mm. when you don't listen." To me. Yep. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Good point. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's obviously some time later. Um, the animals are sort of moved away into different areas. And then we get also get the um, one of the final scenes here of Owen and Claire driving up the coast with the pteranodons flying past. And mm-hmm. here we have with our fourth movie in the franchise, or fifth movie in the franchise, <laughs> every movie ending with pteranodons flying past the uh, characters at the end of the film. So, Or a flying, flying animal, at least, anyway, in the case of Jurassic yeah. Park. But, um, and that's, that's pretty much it. When in... If you mm-hmm. want to wait around long enough to the very end of the credits, you get to see some Trenodons uh, flying around the uh, not em- uh, Empire, the uh, Vegas. Yeah, what's the Paris? Yeah. What's the town uh, called? Eiffel Tower. Eiffel Tower. Eiffel that's Ah, <laughs> oh, we're all mind blown tonight. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's sort of it's it's setting up the whole. These animals are getting out or out in the real world. Um, we don't... Again, Colin and stuff's gone back and forth. We've seen the baby triceratops in the cages under Lockwood Manor, so it's implied that there is breeding going on, even though it's said that the animals were all sterile. Um, 
how how this small population again of maybe two dozen animals can populate into a Planet of the Apes type. I hope they don't. As much as I'd love to see that, I hope they don't go that way. Especially because it's the last film, you can't really set that up and go into that, then come back from that in one film. Um, but yeah, any any ideas where you want to see it go forward? I I really don't know what they're gonna do. I have mm. no idea. Well, it's sort of I, weird. I it's weird that like Colin's coming out and said it's gonna go back to sort of the roots of Jurassic Park and be more of a techno thriller. To me, that doesn't seem big, wide scale around the world. It seems like a more smaller story. Yeah, but at the same time, what, what, what are they gonna do with yeah. that? Like, um, techno thrillers nowadays, not. It's kind of tough to make that into a blockbuster. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, Jurassic Park, when it came out, it came out in a in a beautiful time where people actually were patient and actually wanted to see a film nowadays they want to see the dinosaurs right away you know you watch that movie and we get a glimpse of a raptor in the beginning just an eye and a little bit of its face like the the scales you get a brachiosaur and then you get a triceratops but it's like all spread out through the movie Mm. you don't get to see a t-rex to like way down half of the movie that's when you actually see one yeah, that um, like Jaws, the you don't actually get a good look of uh-huh. at the uh, main predator until the dead middle of the movie. Yeah, yeah that's when set it's a, like when. Yeah, go ahead. Say so that's set a trend in filmmaking where a lot of people go for that Spielberg feel of hint and not suspense. show. Yeah. Yeah, that suspense is incredible. I love that stuff, and and and. I mean, I love the reveal of a monster, or sometimes not even a reveal at all, mm. where it's just, like, shown from afar, and you never really get to see a good look at it. There's a movie I saw not too long ago. It's it's called The Ritual. I don't know if you guys saw it. Um, it's on it's on Netflix. And, oh, man, it's such a great movie. The whole time, it's a, it's, it's a bunch of friends that go hiking in the woods, mm-hmm. get lost in the woods... And the movie makes the woods scary again, and it like it brings that terror and that that like um, what's, what's it called uh, that terror where you you feel like you're in a small space, but at the same time you're in the woods, so it's like an expanded space of, but you only can see this much in front of you and around mm-hmm. you at night. Closer. And um, there you go. There, that was the word. It was right there. I had it. I had it, and I was like. I can't. Wow! Why did I forget? And um, yes, it brings that where it, like you feel you're just, you know, you're in the woods. So like that's just <laughs> trees and trees and trees. But at night, really, you just may be able to see five trees around you. Yeah. And you're hearing something run around the woods. You're hearing <laughs> noises. You're like you can't see it. You know. And. I don't want to spoil it for you guys, but whatever the the thing or him or whatever, I'm not going to say what it is or who he is, um, thing of the film is revealed at some point, but it's never revealed to you in a sense where you're you're like so exposed to it that you're you're not scared anymore of it, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that's like the perfect type of balance where like he did. He did a perfect job with the Raptors. 
you know, the T-Rex was an amazing scene. The T-Rex breakout scene was just an incredible scene, you know. But the T-Rex is really big. So you can hide from a T-Rex in, in, in a way, and you can kind of uh, see it coming. But the raptors, they can go in the same places as you. Yeah. And the first reveal of the raptor when Ellie's like, I think we're back in business, and it just pops out. <laughs> and it's in the same area as you can be. You know what I mean? Like, so great. And we waited pretty much the whole movie to see this dinosaur. Yeah. And and the thing is, like, we waited and we were satisfied by it. And yeah. and, and it's not like and it's not like we we were so impatient to see it. We actually sat there and watched the movie as it progressed. And then when it was the Raptors turn to show up, we were we were graciously wel- welcoming it into our vision. Nowadays, you want to see the dinosaur right away. You want to see the action right away. You, nobody wants to build any suspense anymore or build anything towards like the grand scale of the plan of the movie, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know how he's going to be able to create that type of scientific thriller if the audiences of today don't appreciate that. It's going to be either it's going to be a great movie we'll appreciate and it just completely bombs. Well, it won't bomb. It, it won't bomb. But it won't be what Universal wants. And I feel like Universal's going to go for like, no, we want more like like explosions and craziness yeah. and a bunch of this stuff, you know? Yeah, well, that's, that's yeah. the thing. At this stage, he can do something smaller like that. The box office will be there. The, the critic reviews might not be, but... I think the, the franchise has shown it doesn't really matter what they put up on screen. I think the box office is going to be there. You're going to have fans that are still going to want to see it anyway. Um, so maybe, and again, being supposedly the end of a franchise, hopefully, they are, you can wind it back a little bit and just go out go out with a bang and make it a little bit of a smaller story. But we've got probably, got probably another year before we start seeing behind-the-scenes stuff and production starts getting into gear. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Speaking of suspense, though, I mean, two movies do come to mind with that. The upcoming Halloween movie is... Oh, yeah. Like, this, the first trailer seemed like it was kind of, oh, here's Michael, here's Michael, here's Michael. But the second trailer showed off a lot of just what made the first Halloween movie great. A lot of long, creepy shots, just... Mm-hmm. Long pan shots where the, all you see is Michael kind of off in the distance. He's not. He's got a perp. He's moving with purpose, but he's just kind of silently gliding along. You yeah, know. You, you know what I also really liked about this uh, new iteration of Halloween. Mm-hmm. They went back to the like regular size. Well, not regular size, but like kind of the same type of build Michael Myers like in the first two. You know, as original actor for Michael Myers. Um, oh, cast. did they really? Yeah, he's gonna be in the movie. Oh, he's, he says yeah. he has a few scenes, but most of the action is done by um, guy named John James Courtney or something like that. Uh, yeah, because like as like these other other iterations of, of Halloween, like Curse of Michael Myers and these other ones, Michael Myers mm-hmm. just kept getting taller and bigger. <laughs> You well, know, like in the last one, huh? So they had Tyler Main in the last one, where he was—he's like six, seven, or something like that. Oh yeah, that's um, that—that that was uh, Rob Zombies, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, that one. He's just a giant in that one, mm-hmm. you know. Which is which is cool. I get it, cause you know. But I do like the that he's just this he's psychopath. You know, I mean, it has nothing to do with his his strength or or if he's like this like bodybuilder. It's just mm-hmm. that he just wants to kill, and that's it. Like that's the mm-hmm. scary part about him. Like he has no emotions. He just doesn't care about, like, please don't kill me. You don't have to do this. That same line you hear in every movie, you don't have to do this. He doesn't care. Just, you don't care. It, look, well, the more talking you are huh? in the Jurassic Park. So that's kind of how I feel the raptors are supposed to be like. Yes, yes, park. yes. They don't care. The raptors you are ruthless. Eat, you can cry. You can whine. They're still going to eat you. <laughs> they're ruthless. They're ruthless killers, you know? Like, they're. It, so, it's. I was, also, I was also talking about this with. um. Somebody on the Replica uh, Prop Forum about how when the first trailer came out, I was like, "Man, they're showing too much." They're, I was like, "They're not making this suspenseful," you know, the, with the first trailer. And I, I just felt like they're selling the sizzle. I mean, they're selling the steak, not the sizzle. Hmm. And when, another guy, re- yeah. Well, you, you can't make a horror. You can't really make a movie on the sizzle anymore. And I like the Conjuring movies. An entire, an entire franchise built just on that tingle on the back of your neck you know yeah that's it and to bring it back on topic (laughs) we um just just in the trails of fallen kingdom like the whole mosasaur stuff again it's great in the film you only see shadows here you see a shot from above and just the lights of the submarine disappear which that's going to be hard to digest and that should have killed that mosasaur but um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just the little shots here and there of it before you finally get the reveal of it leaping out of the water and getting the guy off the helicopter. But, um, yeah, if they can keep suspense and just back off on the trailers a little bit so we don't see as much, <laughs> please. Oh, yeah, that would be great. But, I, um, I would love them. I was just saying them. that I think that they can do suspense if they take their time and make the to effort to make it suspenseful, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, to build it. To build it up, yeah. I mean, just bring in bring in a, a dinosaur that just creates that type of suspense. I thought the Indoraptor was going to be a dinosaur like that. You know what I mean? Um, and I, yeah, for me, I, f- I felt like a lot of it, a lot of his like like cool stuff that he had going for him um, uh, got wasted. I feel like his yeah. his death was very very. Meh. I, I I I didn't get that type of suspense that I got from the T-Rex fighting the Indominus Rex, you know, that that yeah. type of fight. I, this fight with him in blue was very fast and it was just like very predictable and, and kind of just, you know, but he was a cool looking creature. Like I enjoyed his look actually more than, than the Indominus because just the, 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 the sleekness of it, even his, his scales, they look very, um, like they're always wet, like like a mm. like a salamander. Yeah, they did have this kind of iridescence to them that reminded me of like a rainbow viper or a rainbow boa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, even the toy. When you look at the toy, it it, it has this gloss on the yeah. entire toy, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's so cool. Like it 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 just reminds you of like a very like sleek, like sneaky predator. And <laughs> and there's like when when you um do the the Jurassic facts. Or whatever on on the app or whatever, and you take the it said something about like it has echolocation and it oh, can yeah, like. Oh yeah, you tell us about that. Yeah, and and they didn't use that. Like they didn't 
use that in the movie. They kind of hinted at it, but not really. It would have been great to see more of that. And just knowing that this predator had like that sense of smell and it didn't really smell them when it was right on top of them. There's a lot of things that I felt was like was um missed opportunity with uh, the the Indoraptor, which sucks because I really don't think they're gonna. I hope they don't really keep going with it with the hybrids in the next movie. I hope they just put real dinosaurs or you know Jurassic Park real dinosaurs. <laughs> you know, it'd be great to see. Uh, you know, I mean, it'd be great to take that 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 Trudon from from the Jurassic Park game. That thing was was mm. creepy with the the illuminating eyes and whatnot. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know. Now, speaking of real dinosaurs in Jurassic Park, I think that's what's going to be the key in the next Jurassic Park movie is now, that they are going to introduce real like pure DNA dinosaurs, and then we'll still have the original Jurassic Park dinosaurs alongside them. Hmm. And that's going to be kind of tough because then it's going to be kind of like, all right, um, let's kill off the original Jurassic Park and keep the bird ones. You know what I mean? Like, like me being that I draw both or whatever. Yeah, I prefer seeing more scientifically accurate dinosaurs sometimes, but in Jurassic Park movies, I'm like, eh, I'll, I'll let it pass. Like if I'm watching uh, a BBC documentary like walking with dinosaurs i prefer mm-hmm. the real thing you know yeah. but no i i don't think there's going to be as much dino fights in the next one so i hope I not don't think that they're I going think to be I'm, killing off any of the old original dinosaurs i i want humans against dinosaurs or mm. dinosaurs against humans i don't want to see dinosaur and dinosaur fights we've had that for since i feel like jp3 started a trend Oh, let's yeah, get dinosaur fights, you know? Can, like, we we, stop, we, can we stop the need for the Spinosaur and T-Rex rematch? Oh, <laughs> yeah, what, what is that? What? Why do we have why? Why do we have to keep treading that same... You know where it went last time. Why yeah. do we need it again? Yeah. And I feel like the hype has jumped up because of the toy. And let's not even get talk about the yeah. toy. But, yeah. like, you know, it's, it's, it's a constant, like... Oh, let's get this dinosaur and this... Uh, and now they want the Spinosaurus to fight Rexy. And I'm like, come on, man. She already proved herself with the Indominus. And at the same time, like, she needed Blue's help to do it, which is understandable. Because this thing was built in every shape, way, or form to be better than a T-Rex. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and so Rexy's another not... four years older. <laughs> yeah, man. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... It's just... I don't know. Like, if if they would put the Spinosaurus to fight again and it fights a T-Rex, of course, if the if the T-Rex wins, like, if Rexy wins, then it's kind of like, okay. You know what I mean? Even though I wouldn't want her to die, but the whole point is it wouldn't be real. No, because, it'd be uh, pure fan service. She's just way too, win. Yeah, she's way too old, Yeah, you know? And that's that's one the, thing people need to start thinking about is, are we going to see her end or... Is she going to roar at the end of the film again like we've seen in Jurassic World and that's it? We know she's still alive, but you're not going to see her in any more films, so... Yeah. I, I don't know where, where it's going to go with her, you know? Um, yeah. I know uh, Focus, again, is going to be Blue in this film, mm. the next one. Blue's going to be somewhere, something important, which I feel is kind of like, well, she was the focus of this film. Mm. Yeah. Well, we really... I, I, I feel... Blue should have died with the Indoraptor, just fighting along, fighting against it. That's my thing. But you know what I mean, mm. it didn't happen. Well, because yeah, now 
it depends on what they're going to go ahead with. Yeah, like they've already said she's the last raptor. Is this is is that going to stick or? If if Planet of the Apes didn't come out and didn't do that whole, you know, fighting, fighting against the, uh, uh, what is sorry, cause Cheetos just jumped up. Uh, <laughs> I got I got the headphones on, so I don't know what's going on in my apartment. So I think uh, I just got here. Um, yeah, so if blue if like if Planet of the Apes didn't have that like virus thing or whatever. We could have so went down that route with the with um the DX virus. Yeah, yeah. But you know they yeah. beat us to the punch. So mm. well, that, that's all right. I, we'll, we'll see what's going to happen in the next couple yeah. couple of months as we start getting into production anyway. But oh that's, yeah, um, that's that's Fallen Kingdom. We we kept it under three hours. But um, Jay, <laughs> where can we find you online? Oh, you guys already know. Um, <laughs> on Instagram and on Twitter, the same handle. J-A-Y-E underscore J-U-R-A-S-S-I-C-K. J Jurassic. Lovely. Yeah. All right. Dave, Jay, thanks for uh, sitting down and taking some time to review Fallen Kingdom. Of course. All right, guys. Let's get the hell out of here. Contact details are on the website, thelostworldminute.com. Email feedback to the Lost World Minute at gmail.com, Facebook, The Lost World Minute, Twitter at The Lost World Minute, and Instagram, The Lost World Minute. Easy to remember. Yeah, yeah, very easy to remember. Right. <laughs> uh, David, thank you for joining me for this recording. And uh, we'll be back. I've been Brad. I'm Dave. And uh, we'll talk to you all later. Goodbye. Talk to you later. Bye. It is absolutely imperative that we work with the Costa Rican Department of Biological Preserves to establish a set of rules for the preservation and isolation of that island. These creatures require our absence to survive, not our help. And if we could only step aside and trust in nature, life will find a way.